0: Welcome to episode 481 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. team, welcome along to episode four eight one of I am talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. Here you go, mate. Uh, good Bevan, good and talk to you, and good and talk to all our listeners. Wow, is that German? It is. Well it, done. Uh, you are a refugee? Sorry, are you a refugee? You're no, just trying to kind of get into the no, country. I'm just
1: trying to appease our German listeners after you called one of their famous uh, athletes' a drug cheat last week. What did I call a drug cheat? I can remember. How Hal Regal, you're implying he drug cheat after his crushing Canada. I, said, you I said didn't
0: say something fishy going on. I, like, I should have pulled you up on the spot at the time, but I didn't. Oh John. I was just saying Hell, at that time, at that time of his era, do we suspect some of them were drug cheats? Nah yeah, I don't think. I, I, I love all my German friends. So <laughs> full of crap you are. Yeah. Although I have to say, with all those refugee crisis that's happening around the world right now, Germany have pulled their socks up. Big time man mm. Good old New Zealand We'll, we'll take 700 yeah. They've taken like 60,000 or something like that No, 800,000 they were going to say Wow oh, I was reading somewhere It's going to cost them like 6 billion dollars Or 60 mm. billion Or something stupid like that mm. Man, John did you know Oh you haven't seen I'm wearing my slippers this morning
1: uh-huh. Do you have slippers? That's all I asked for for my birthday Didn't get it <laughs> did, did you? No, like for Father's Day
0: I asked for slippers for my birthday John look at this. Be ready to be jealous Wait a second Look at those beasts? Nice uh, Yeah, yeah. That's I think my foot and shoe on. warehouse one dollar. No, these are yes. Peter Alexandra, jumbo. These are, These yeah. probably cost at least nine ninety nine. Yeah, at least. Yeah. These, are, these are flash. Yeah, tell you because when I was in Australia, John, because I've always been a bit of a nudie sleeper. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you a nudie sleeper? <laughs> I'm going to watch out next time. We're in Kona. a <laughs> <It's your more laughs> funny story one time. Uh-huh. One time with Porno, and that doesn't even sound good when I it, say Porno, but yeah. Porno and I were going, we're in Australia for a friend's wedding and we just crashed together and we slept in the same bed and he'd gone to bed before me for some reason and I like being naked and I was like, well, you might have been naked next Oh my time. gosh. <laughs> I didn't spoon him. It was okay. Oh. I, you know, but I did, yeah. But anyway, I bought some jammies when I was in Australia and I thought the piece I'm missing Slippers, no. Yeah. It's my slippers. I'm waiting on my slippers. Oh, well, John, I feel for you, mate. I, feel your pain. I asked for slippers, I got them. So mm. your family needs to sharpen up. Anyway, team, I am Talkers proudly brought to you by Athlinks.com, uh, Social Networking for Endurance Athletes,
1: Extreme Endurance,
0: Galactic Buffer,
1: and our fantastic patrons. Oh, these guys rock. Name a couple, John. Grant, the King of Swing, Richard.
0: King of Swing, that is
1: sensational.
0: <laughs> Who else have we got there? Uh, Michael, the king of the castle. Oh, we we'll like the kings th- today. More peace. And we've got Matt Nutty Craft. That yeah. would come from Craft Peanut Butter, surely. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Richard Stinger Ray. Nice. That's a good one. And Duncan Penfold, or Danger Penfold. Oh, nice. From Danger Mouse. Okay, team. And this week's show, it's an exciting week. Why? Because, well, we just always deliver. We're here. Do you want to a haircut? Mm-hmm. Okay, chat. Where do you get your haircut? Because I need a haircut. We've got we've got problems on the haircut oh, front. Oh, what's happened? You know, I've got
1: my my local Huntsbury here on the corner. Yeah, got a right down the guy there. Called there? Regan. He's he's quite good.
2: Is there a guy
0: there?
1: Uh, is there the one on the corner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't well, know. A, he, but there is a guy there. But gave him a haircut the other day. Oh yeah, I'm leaving in a couple of weeks. Oh. Going to 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 be, be a, go to the barber be, to sort of do the barber business and learn all the you know hot shave and all that sort of stuff. I'm like, well, where am I going to
0: go? Well, then just keep down there and hope the new person's good.
1: Yeah, I can give it a try. How much do you pay for your haircut? Not a lot. Uh, me and Thomas go together I think it's 42 bucks For two of us It's pretty good I yeah. go down to the
0: The Eddington Barber. Mm-hmm. They're pretty good there mm-hmm. It's a very boys world I don't recommend Girls ever go in there Based on the conversations I hear when I'm there mm-hmm. Very boys world But they're pretty good there Okay, uh, okay. In this week's show We've got some news We've got an age group Of the week We've got a statistic. That was a good one Jombo you. Did S- you do the research? Yes Wow I'm impressed Good interview We have Kate Bevelacqua Who recently
1: won Canada, what is they called now? Canada 520. basically Ultraman Canada. One overall, I should say, not so, just First Femmeel. So female. now there's
0: no affiliation with the Hawaiian?
1: It doesn't seem that way and I think the, this is the whole reason this came, this interview came up because we were having this discussion, you were trying to do your research while oh, I was trying to talk right. up Kate's uh, fantastic achievement when, when the result actually happened and then we had a listener email in saying, come on, give
0: Kate a bit more love. She won the race overall, yep. so that's what we're doing today. And then we deliver team, that's what we do. Okay guys, And this week's news, well first of all we've got news and we had a few races over the weekend and first of all, do you want to talk Elmire first? Uh. We'll go, we'll go, we'll go. I'm, I'm going to use uh,
2: try
1: rating rather than going to Ironman.com because that's a hell of a lot quicker Under and Wales. easier. Uh, we we'll look at Weymouth first. So we okay. challenged Weymouth, which doubled as the ITU ETU long distance champs. Pretty small fields. So only eight female and eight male finishers. Wow. We had Marek Yasakiela from Poland to take it out in 8:42 from Jaroslav Karowicz in
2: 8.46.
1: Did sec- second and third have both got the same time. wonder what's going on there. Where? Second and third. No, Sur- it's one
0: minute apart. Sur-
1: oh, you're right. Exactly one minute <laughs> apart. John, I think it's the time you get it. a spec saver. <laughs> I think so too. Sergio <laughs> Marx was uh, third and 8.46. So, pretty close racing. On the girls side, I think it's Camilla Lindholm took it out. 9.41 from Kate Comber and 9.52 and Vicky Gill and 9.53. So, look, I mean, i love to spend loads of time on these results, but the fields are not, you know, we don't have all those Kona rock stars there and great great racing by these guys, but we'll just uh, move on to the next one. You can put their badge on
0: your website, though, can't you? European champion. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Okay, we also had Ironman Wales and good old Jess Thomas took it out. On debut. Yeah, yeah, a good run. Nice
1: effort, I mean it was, uh, he ended up with 8.57.33, normally at this race, we don't see a lot of sub 9 hour performances, so pretty solid out at the office, we, the, the footage I've always seen of that run, so you go 2.52, that's not too shabby, yeah. but the, the in terms of the footage they show on the TV, it looks like a bloody hard run course, as well as a bloody hard bike course. So I think he came off the bike about 2 minutes down on, uh, I can't remember who it was. Yeah, it was the guy. I think it was the guy who got third, uh, Marcus Tomski from Germany, and then uh, ran past him. Yep. So this would be an interesting move by Jesse Thomas to see if this is going to be a springboard to try to qualify for Kona. Great timing, you know, there's not many people around at this stage of the year. You bang a race out before Kona, you've got the points in the bag. So wait a second, this counts for next year's Kona, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah, Yeah. so he's sort of got a nice, so if he did this and then he does, you know, he always will pick up some good 70.3 points and then if he went and did another Ironman somewhere, you know, he's on the same sort of footing as the, the Kona athletes rather than trying to chase lots of, you know, do three Ironmans next year or anything. It gives him a nice springboard if he wants to go down that path. Mm. Girls girls side of things We had some uh, A bit of dojo domination It was predicted oh, before A bit yeah. of a dojo domination
0: It's, it's official it's What major. was it, 20 minutes wasn't it yes. yeah, well,
1: She killed it And yeah, Berenek she has won Ironman races before, went out there and crushed it on the bike, the swim and the bike, swam 54, biked 5.30, uh, only had to run 3.23 which was slower than predicted, went 9.56 for a winning margin of around about 34-ish minutes <laughs> from <laughs> Tineke Van Berg and Katja this
0: she actually won Ironman 70.3 Sydney. Is there a Sydney 70.3?
1: They've got a few over there That this way. Not, it's not in town. You know, Sydney's obviously a big place. Yeah. And so it's somewhere in the Sydney region. Okay. It's not like at the Opera House.
0: Okay. So she's,
1: Interesting to see Pulley. You know, I think I said last week there's no way in hell she would race because she did Zofingen the I think, the weekend before, and then she did another – or she did – some other race like two weeks before that and I remember she did um, Embra Man as well so she's racing up a storm she's she was uh, she's all, all in red on Torsten's tri rating which means she was slower across all three disciplines 20 minutes slower than predicted overall and she was down there
0: in fifth place taking home a
1: whopping $1,000 for her
0: efforts OK, whatever races we've got here, John. We've got lots of races? We've also got Challenge Almere, do you want to do that one now? Yep, Challenge
1: Almere, uh, it used to be the just the Almera Triathlon, so it's been around a long time. I think last year maybe they had their 30th anniversary. Marcus Fahba defended his title, went a bit, bit quicker on the run than he's been in the past. Uh, swam 48, rode 425 and then ran away with it with a 254 for an h 12 six-minute victory over... Mark Old bennick and Eric Simon strick from Holland as well in eight twenty-two. Girls side of things, and I mean that's you know that's the thing. in, in the European Championships, we had eight finishes. Yet at Challenge Elmira we had uh, you know twenty-four finishes mm. in the in the pro race. On the girls side of things, uh, bloody what close racing. What was there were European Championships. I don't know the answer mm. to that one. Uh, really close racing in the girls though um, all the way down to sort of fifth place it was close so Catherine Walther from Germany took it out in 9.26 but only a just over a minute back to second Irene Kennigan and then only a couple of minutes back to third, and then there's a little gap back to, to fourth and fifth, but they were only separated by about 40 seconds, and mm-hmm. then only another two minutes back to sixth, so uh, only 13 minutes covering the top six, so as opposed to 30 minute dojo domination in Wales, here we had
0: some good, close racing. Okay, we also had i in Wisconsin, which is a non-pro race, so do want to do the winners? Yes, friend of the show, and... Uh, Came
1: on a, one of our camps uh, in Kona a few years ago. Uh, Michelle Andreas took out the females race. Oh, good stuff. Certainly didn't go as fast as what she's been in the past. She was, know, she, yeah, she was, she's been, I'm not quite sure exactly what time, but. Uh, Towards you know quicker than nine thirty I think before and so this time round she was only uh, what was her time I'll pull it up 10.08 uh, and she's a very very good runner um, very good runner so but surprised she didn't go faster than that but I think she had a pretty small lead in but that being said she almost had a dojo domination won mm-hmm. by thirteen minutes uh, swam one twelve by five twenty four and ran three twenty three for a ten oh eight. And then on the guy side of things, we had Thomas Gerlach from USA. Oh, classic. What? 859.59. 59. Yeah, I know. I saw that. Nice it's cool, isn't it? Yeah. 54 minute swim, 443 on the bike, uh, 315 on the run. So the run times here are not particularly hot. So I suspect maybe it was uh, hot temperatures or something was going on there. 859.59. You know, that's respectable for an Ironman win for an age grouper. On well, of course yeah, it's totally not that sub nine, sub yeah, nine. Totally, yeah. well done.
0: Yeah, well done. Okay, we had, oh, we don't often talk about 70.3, but we did hit Sunshine Coast, and you just got a couple of comments about Luke McKenzie's run. Yeah, so I was impressed um, with basically, yeah, Luke McKenzie's run. So he had a,
1: a really good field here, he had Tim Burkle, Terenzo Bodzoni, a bunch of other, you know, pretty fast dudes, um, and Luke McKenzie. But thought, then he didn't have the bike. No, no. You so know what they, I mean? They like came
0: his... off the bike together, though. There's a pack of sort of... Yeah, but, you know, he's normally the guy who rides away. Mm. It it looks like there's only about three of them who came off the bike together. Mm. But, you know, like, he ran a 115, which Mm. Tim Van Buerkle ran a 113. And he's a quality runner, so
1: only losing two and a half minutes, Tim, I think shows that McKenzie's maybe back on track. And if he can put that swim-bike combo together in Kona like he did a few years ago, uh, his run is, you know, he's not going to be setting the world on fire, but those guys that do those amazing swim-bikes... They've only got to run 255, and you could have a win. Well, you could be pretty close to it. He was never going to win it the year he got second, was he? But he was always, you yeah. know. I, I would have expected him to explode on the run, but he, he, he just held us off. Hey, yeah. He did, did really well. It was the year Pete won it, wasn't
0: <clears throat> it? Was it the year Pete won it?
1: No, it was the year Freddie Van Laird won I think. Oh, it was too. Yep, yeah, you're right. Because I think they came off the bike either together or very close. Then probably what was also very interesting for me is another run performance here. By um Caroline, Caroline Stefan and yeah, really impressed. She she ran a one eighteen and when we look again at these guys' run times. But it's
0: only the one sixteen.
1: Yeah, and only be five minutes behind B- Burkle and stuff. You're right, you're losing your voice. Yeah, I'll be right, I'll come, I'll come. I'll, I'll I'll tough it out. <sighs> <Man. coughs> you're like you're, you're like Mackenzie and Kona Yeah. So very impressed with that and you kind of, I get the feeling that Caroline Steffen's bike. You know, we always used to think she was an axe on the bike, and I kind of feel that that's fallen to the wayside a little bit. She's still strong on the bike, but you see other girls really riding away from her and Kona and stuff. But you know, if she can hang tough on the bike, and it's a,
0: it's a very respectable run time, so I'm a, I'm pretty impressed with that. But you wouldn't put Caroline well, with Daniella now and, and Rooney It's pretty hard to put Caroline to take the win. Yes, um, but. Podium Has But there was a moment in, in our sport Where we really thought She would win Kona mm. You know And it hasn't really happened And in some ways Some people argue That maybe Her head gets in the way That mm-hmm. she's The mental game's Almost a challenge of Caroline Um Not that she's not tough But she kind of You know Just emotionally Probably struggles With the race um, You know If she can put it Yeah She's one of the ones That you don't expect her To win it But if she were to win it You wouldn't be surprised
1: Yeah But definitely A, p- a podium contender I think Yeah. That's a good question. Has she been on the podium before in Kona? I think she has, is, has not she? I think she probably has. I mean,
0: well, uh, let me look at the website.
1: Okay. We'll carry on with other news. Um, Lake Tahoe's coming up this weekend. It'll be interesting to see how this race pans out because they've had the one year where it was freeze your nuts off cold and yep. then the second year got cancelled and then <laughs> it's this year, third time lucky having said that, saw a post on our Facebook page this morning of someone saying that there's uh, fires in the area again and stuff mm. um, and they're still accepting entries for the race oh, really? and encouraging people to enter the race even though there's fires in the area and the race is on this weekend so it sounds like just a wicked cool course, it sounds like a Cool place to race, um, and they've just had some shitty luck. So hopefully things will turn out for you guys doing Tahoe this weekend. And the only there's only one non-WTC race on this weekend, the Brutal in Wales. The
0: Brutal? The Brutal. I heard that one's really brutal. Oh, what? You go to a race results page, it takes you to AliExpress. Let's have a look. Kona, Kona. I'll carry on with the Smiley you News. You
1: done this. We also had another question on our Facebook page, and I'll find out who did this, asking us, what happened to the Triple crown that was going to, mm, what did happen it was a game, to that, John? game changer for our sport. Yeah, what was, happened to yeah, it? A million was, dollars. I've been wondering that same question myself.
0: You just walk around every day wondering. And I put it to
1: Zibby, when we had Zibby um, from Challenge a little while ago, I sort of put it to him. And I got, co- I confused.
0: I co- oh, wait, I, second. Yes. Second at the Ironman World Championships. Right. In 2012. Okay. Uh, she did 9-16 that day. So hmm. she's got a podium yep. very good
1: so justin hunt said j- uh, so j and b what's the inside track and what's going on in bahrain what happened to the triple j and b you don't get that one the wrong way <coughs> wrong way around do you yeah, i know <laughs> <laughs> um and i, I asked Siby a while ago i said what's the story of the triple crown and i said, he said oh well, yeah it's all finishing and a challenge bahrain i was like well that's cool but i'm sure the first race was in dubai and then the plan was, the second race was going to be Oman, um, which it had got canned, and that looked like an awesome race, it would have been really cool. Mm. And then the third race was going to be back at uh, Challenge Bahrain. I said, so what's what's tr- Triple Crown? Oh yeah, the final race is going to be in, in, in Bahrain. I thought It's only two. There's a third. Yeah, there's not a triple. There's a double crown. There's a double crown. And then what I heard through the grapevine, the (laughs) the sound of just like gossip was that the 70.3 worlds was going to be leg two of the triple crown. I thought, okay, fair enough. But we really didn't hear much about it. And I thought, oh, surely it's not, and something else is going to get announced, and just going to carry on. But apparently... The 70.3 Worlds was round two of the Triple Crown. And we heard nothing about it. Nobody heard. Wait, the 70.3 Worlds? Yes.
0: But how does that work out? Because it's WTC.
1: But no, but it, the, and the whole thing was the Triple Crown is just the Prince's thing. It's not a challenge thing. Oh. In, initially, the marketing kind of sounded like it was a challenge thing. It really did. But it's very much the, the Prince's thing, and he's just putting up the million dollars. And I thought... And I, d- I did a little bit of surfing yesterday trying to find out what's going on with the Triple Crown. And there was nothing anywhere that I could find out. Maybe there's stuff on forums. So I was still confused. Um, but apparently, the Triple Crown is uh, we had Dubai early in the year where Terenzo and Daniela Reef took it out. And apparently, 70.3 was round two. So now, so now Terenzo is out of it and Daniela Reef is still in the running. Oh, wow. So if she goes to.
0: so So it can still happen. Yeah.
1: So if she goes to Bahrain and wins million bucks in the pocket, my suspicion is what team are both those guys on?
0: Oh, Bahrain 13?:
1: Yeah, so I, I, oh, obviously a both especially here Jombo: obviously both of them are in the running.' of journalism. And they're both on that team, and it's like, "Well hey come on, guys, should we just keep this? you guys are the only ones in the running I don't know it just sounds it sounds a bit odd'm I'm, I'm so surprised that there wasn't any p r. by anybody around this. WTC or the Challenge Bahrain team or the Prince saying, 70.3 worlds, right, this is stop two in the leg, can Terenzo do it? Can Daniela Reif do it? And then Daniela
0: Reif still is in the run and there's still no news. But do you, but do you think that's partly the part of the problem because you've got different organisations? like Who wants to promote it now? Mm. Because when it first came out, it seemed like it was this big challenge thing. Mm. So they were pushing big PR, which made sense and it got us all on board. And then now it's in a place where it's like, well... Just this Prince's thing Mm -hmm. Who's gonna You know He's probably got other things Mm. So who's the person Who's driving the PR behind it Mm. Very odd But apparently she's still in the running And I wouldn't bet against her Winning So
1: what's the the next race? Uh, It's uh, It's End end of November Yeah November 20th Or something like that She's uh, You wouldn't pick against her be going to a few mates You just ease up
0: there Sister Yeah Let me take this one And a slide you an easy fifty. Yeah. Wow. Well, there you go, John. While you're while you're doing today's show, I'm kind of I'm distracted, and the reason is is because Russell Cox. He's got, you got a you got a post that he did at the end of today's show notes In the um and the questions and answers section yes. of the show, and it got me wondering about the executive challenge. Yes. So what I've been doing is I've been signing up for the Executive Challenge. Because <laughs> I'm curious to see what you pay. Because you partner. are an executive. Well, I You're am a CEO. CEO of my own company. That's right. And they, it's very interesting what they ask you in the questionnaire. So I'm on the second page. I'm completing my form right now. And most of them, most of them telling lies about. But first of all, they <laughs> ask your gender, your address, all that kind of stuff. Company, they want to know about your company. Uh, what's your company my company's called Go Get It <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's your company's revenue we turn over 100 million a year yeah. <laughs> so it's pretty good website's gogetit.com um, owner it's me uh, what's your company? I'm the owner. What, what service industry? What what, what industry? We're in, We're in fitness. Um, I'm the owner. How many employees? Five thousand internationally. What kind of a- advertising sponsorship is uh, your company currently involved in? Lots. I'm giving them all the detail. Uh, they ask lots of questions. How much influence on others within your company have you become more health conscious or participate in health? exercise? I put. I told them to exercise. Uh, what specific benefits of am Are you interested in all of it? Um, so then you go through, they ask you everything about your races, which, which is interesting because what if, it, they, they've got to make your answer stuff and what if you haven't? What 70.3 did I race? In? Name a 70.3 race. Um, Honu. Honu, okay. Honu. Um, and what year did I do that? Uh, 2015. Okay, two fifteen. Okay, there we go. Which is other, uh, I haven't, I haven't. Okay. Okay, so let me. Okay, uh, you talk about. Okay, uh, I T U World is coming up this weekend. Uh,
1: This is the grand finale. So all the age groupers are there to try to battle it out for world age group titles. They have a sprint distance and Olympic distance for age groupers next year. I'm pretty sure it's next year. The sprint distance is changing to draft legal, so that'll be quite interesting to see oh, where, where yeah. that sort of uh, where that goes. There's lots of implications around that because cool have a draft legal race, but for a lot of countries to actually have qualifying draft legal races for age groups it's a bit of a challenge, and to have, for age groupers to have the opportunities to do draft legal. Now we know a lot of races you go to, whether it be seventy point three. I know they had massive drafting problems in Sunshine Coast at the weekend, um, but. Yeah, lots of races you always have drafting problems, but from a race organisational point of view, as soon as you go to draft legal, man, you're opening up a can of worms because you kind of got to have full road closure. You can still do triathlons with partial road closure, but as soon as you go to full road, uh, draft legal, you kind of got to make it um, road closure, which, it's really difficult. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see where that goes for age groupers. Maybe it's different in other parts of the world, but I know from my point of view, um, yeah, in New Zealand, to, do, to, to be able to do road closures is quite tricky. Anyway, elite race could be interesting. Uh, so currently in the standings, we have Javier Gomez leading the standings in first, Maria Mola in second, um, and Vincent Louis in third place. I tell you what, when you look at the top 10, you've got four Spaniards in the top 10. Wow, um, a couple, really? Two South Africans and an Australian, a couple of Australians in the top 15. The Brownleys are out of it this year. They're down, Jonathan Brownlee's down in 12th because they've both been injured. Uh, and then on the girls' side of things, um, in the rankings we have... Uh, Gwen Jorgensen sitting on top, so in the girls side of things, you've got top three girls are all American, Gwen Jorgensen, Katie Zavaris and Sarah True, boom, boom, boom. Ka- uh, good old Andrea Hewitt sitting in fourth for the Kiwis and somewhat surprisingly the Poms are a little bit out of it because they've all been getting injured but you've got uh, Vicky Holland in fifth and there are other big hitters, non-Stanford down in 14th and they've got a few other big kahunas but they've been a bit inconsistent this year. So that's where the rankings uh, sort of stand. Now that can all get turned on the head pretty uh, pretty quickly in this race because uh, you've got not it's not double points, but it's sort of you know for a, for a standard race you get I think it's eight hundred points and this one. There's twelve hundred for the win so you, okay. you know you can yeah. make quite a big jump. And you kind of want to make a big jump at this race because there's a big bonus prize pool, and each position you go down is pretty significant. So if you win the world series and that essentially means you call yourself the world champion it's not a one-off race these days eighty thousand dollars first place wow. but then it drops down to 55 for second big drop 38 for third and then it keeps big drops another you know another thirteen thousand dollar drop to fourth place it's pretty much an Iron Man win between uh, between one place then it slowly starts to drop so it goes 80 55 38 25 20 15 13 11 10 and then it starts to do a sort of drop by 500 increments, and then slowly starts to drop down. But it is worth your while doing it. It pays 35 deep. You know, 35 place and 35th place in the series, you take home 1,800 US. So I really, it's really good that they pay nice and deep, and gives you some motivation to keep sprinting when you're sprinting for. 10th place in a race that could have a pretty big impact at the end of the series. Um, for your information as well there's, there's double there's more prize money at this at the grand finale. $30,000 to first, 22 second, 16 third and then drops all the way down to 25th. So again this is the big difference between ITU racing and WTC, you know, once you're out of the top 5 See you later. See you later. Whereas a standard World Championship Series race pays 20 deep and the finale pays 25 deep. Why the hell don't we have this sort of thing in Kona? You know, just take a little bit of cream off the top for the the winner and bloody hell, there's only 50 guys or so on the start line. You know, 50 guys should be taking home a prize check of that race, even if it's a thousand bucks. You know, say you finish 25 to 50, take home a thousand bucks or something like that. Bloody hell. I think all of us would be comfortable... Paying an extra ten bucks on our race entry fees, in every Ironman around the world, and that ten bucks goes to a prize pool for Kona to make sure that the pros get some prize money. It's bloody hard in Kona. You get outside the top ten, you get nothing. Yeah, I'm trying to make a point there. That's well, what I'm kind of distracted, but like,
0: yeah, John, what yeah. you? What is it? You know, tell me about it.
1: Everybody in Kona should get prize money.
0: Everybody, you know, give them a you thousand You qualify. Pros, give them a can of beer. Give them something.
1: Yeah. It's, it's disgraceful You finished at 11th place You've had a good day Nothing Okay John Disappointing, Disappointing. Anyway So coming up this weekend Now make sure um, You get onto it though. I think the girls race Is actually on Friday So it's Saturday For us in oh, New okay. Zealand yep. So keep an eye On the schedule Go to TV. It's well worth Signing up for It's great racing Great coverage They've got lots of Camera angles They've got good commentators It's bloody good stuff Okay Lots of camera angles
0: I wow. have, I mean, on... That's, that's a silly well, point. Yeah, Team, you, watch the race today, lots of okay. camera angles.
1: Compare that to Iron Man, you've got one stationary camera following the leader the whole way through. The ITU giving you regular updates, good commentary, and then know where they took Barry... Uh, not Barry Siff, Barry, Barry Siff's a friend of our show, it's name? Barry Shepley. They, they kind of know all the athletes, and it's not just the first few they go on about... You know, Brownlee, yeah. this Brownlee that You know, they see somebody coming through in fifteenth place. They go, "Oh yeah, that's that's that person." They finished tenth here, second here. They're going good, having good season. So, and the good thing, thing about like it, it, it is they often show all the ankles. That person.
0: I know. I'm here. I'm hearing you. <laughs> okay, so I finished my sign up. It cost me nothing. Oh really? <laughs> so I did I didn't complete it. I kind of went through it. And it didn't cost me anything, but I'm thinking they must then try to upsell you because then I, I did some research. But then you've got to enter the race, and then if you want, well, to no, enter well, yeah, well, you go to active. and you sign up. But they just so it's obviously just getting you. Someone must ring you because then I looked up some research and I said, uh, "What does it cost to do uh, the Ironman Executive Challenge Program?" Depending on the event in which you choose to compete, the cost for an individual package will range from four thousand, no, sorry, five thousand US to eleven thousand US. Yeah, that's where they get the money from you. Yeah. So I imagine Kona's going to cost you 11k We've got to qualify for Kona You still have to qualify Yeah you? But how do you qualify for the executive challenge?
1: Uh, well you go and do an Ironman race And then Is be it based on time or is it? Yeah So there'll be Say there's 10 people doing the executive challenge There'll so be one Kona slot oh. For example
0: Okay Well there you go Well that research is a bit of voice Get rid time, of the bloody
1: honest. executive challenge What a
0: joke That is a joke isn't it I Like I get celebrities Because it's PR mm. I totally get it But then again If you're pulling off $11,000 for an entry Hmm and what do they get? They probably get to go to – they probably get a free ticket to the award function. Yes. Yeah. And uh, Give get a nice position, good nice position in the bike racks maybe. Yeah, they probably get to go to – And you'd get to meet a pro in the week before the race. So worth 11000 Maybe the – pro. I wonder if the pros get paid for that. I don't know. Surely. Yeah. Surely. Because that would be – crap. <laughs> Absolute crap. Is good, but what about people listening right now and they got it in that way? It's still crap. I but sure. but that, you
1: play by the rules. Hey. I'm not saying – if you qualify by the executive challenge – Fair game, you know. Again, I always come back to the argument. If you qualify at a 70.3, fair enough. You play by the rules, but the rules are shit.
0: That's right. It's like last year. You would have, if you could have, eh? I would have. Absolutely. taken. you're playing by the rules. Absolutely taken the rules. The rules are the eight-no rules. What movie John have asked you before? Oh, I come on. Grease. Yes. John, you've really improved. <laughs> <laughs> you've really. Yeah. Really Gold stuff, me. Oh, well done. Proud of you. Sponsor Extreme Endurance. Okay, tell me about it. John's three day plunge. What is this? So,
1: did a, I did a ten k race the weekend? I'll oh, go into back more details. Oh, you want to talk about it now? I'll go, oh, I'm going to go partial details now. Pointed it at 39. He was happy with that.
0: Yeah, I'll go into more details I later don't on. i that challenge point. Anyway, back it up.
1: Haven't, haven't been on extreme endurance lately. Mild panic attack the week of the race. Thinking, <laughs> geez, a really oh, three day plunge. So you I, went <laughs> crazy With I extreme really, endurance. I really don't want to have really <laughs> sore legs after this race, and I kind of do want to run really well. Um, three days of extreme endurance, no shit. I think it made a pretty significant impact. Ended up running really well and having a really good time. Feel it, uh, a little bit of muscle soreness afterwards, but compared to what I've had in the past, especially because it, it's a hard run. Yeah, you know, a ten k um, race is and it's killing a it. downhill quad busting run. I remember, you know, just doing a five k in the park and a few years ago, and I was like crippled the next few days. <laughs> and so, three days of extreme endurance and ran really well. Minimal muscle soreness after the race, and I honestly feel that it makes a pretty significant difference in terms of your performance. So, if you have got a race coming up, um, I got the girls on it as
0: well, they both ran
1: really well. Oh, yeah.
0: they're, they're doing the race next weekend, isn't it? Sad day week,
1: Sad day week, 20, 20.
0: Has Jen's six, body held up because she was a bit, she yeah, was no, it, she's so okay. no, they, they
1: both her? ran 10k, both I g- gave them the, oh, I'll go and mark that. Uh, the, are they pretty, pretty similar in speed? Uh, is a bit faster, but they run together, yeah. So, um but I had them on the extreme Endurance as well. They both got through it really nicely. So <laughs> you? honestly, if you've got a race coming up and you're thinking one little little lift, um, we talk about the muscle soreness. You know, obviously if it's a key race of the season, it doesn't matter if you're sore afterwards, but I really find that you do get a pretty nice little lift even if you're only taking it for a few days before the race. I generally recommend you know, making sure you have a, have a week's worth, but three days for me, did the job and pretty pleased with how it went. So check it out, xendurance.com. And Kiwis and Aussies, I've got the new packaging. I was packaging some up yesterday, sending some off to Australia. I think this is this is pretty cool packaging. Pretty cool. Looks, packaging Looks like X Men. Check it out, xendurance.com, and save yourself, save your legs. If you've got any hard races coming up, you know you guys that are maybe prepping for Kona, you might be having a seventy point three or a little local hit out. Get onto it, and then uh, make sure you are using Kona as well.
0: Okay, just just okay, xendurance.com. So we're going to be doing discussion of the week in a second, but Paul Kilkenny. On our Facebook page, put this. wgc are pushing the, for last-minute entries to like. Did you not m- listen to me before? Yeah, no, but it's just. Uh, I, I did, but I'm not. No, just, just tell <laughs> tell story again. Well, yet again, they haven't given updates on the reported fires in the area and an effect that may have on the race. Others on Facebook have reported that Lake Tahoe area has gotten quite smoky and air quality is getting worse. Yet there has been no communication from WTC on this. Aren't WTC obliged to keep the entrance up to date on what is happening regarding the race or can they just ignore people until they decide to race on race morning? Uh, There's no doubt that a lot of people who travel to this event at a good expense. There's no way for us to know what might happen until we get there. Travelling a distance for a highly likely race cancellation would be annoying, not to mention expensive. But it's interesting, isn't it? A bit of personal responsibility, as well. Yeah, I suppose you, if you're going to a race, you probably keep an idea of yeah. what's happening in the area, wouldn't you? I would.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's a, yeah. I'm not going to give them too much of a hard time on that. Okay, John. Another question. Mm-hmm. This is random, I know. Uh, which, which Legends podcast? So I just started listening over a year ago. This is Paul uh, Dennett. He's got which Legends podcast from your back catalogue would you recommend as a top listen? They're all pretty great, to be well, honest. That, it,
1: look who's looking after our Facebook page I've replied to that one.
0: Jesus, what do you do? When, when did you start doing this? Oh. Who'd, you, who'd you put? Uh, work your way through them all. <laughs> 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 they are timeless, timeless, of <laughs> huge variety. E.g., the latest of Sarah Springman was brilliant. But. They're also I, I if I was going to say start with one yeah Peter Reeds is pretty great hmm Peter Reeds I, I, for me I was actually thinking about Peter Reeds yesterday mm-hmm. Peter Reed's just his honesty around his father's relationship, mm. you know, he put that out there. Like, that, oh, you know, I don't think there's a bad one, but mm. that was, I thought, wow, he's, he's laying it all on the line here. Yeah, no, there's some really good stuff in there. Yeah, so if you don't listen to legends, sort your crap out. Mm. Guys, discussion went and I think I want to veto your decision. No, no, no you've, you vetoed loads lately. No, I have not. Have I'm, so. Can I give you my idea? After we've done this discussion. Put it on the file. Wait, for no, hot because top- it's a gold one. It's topical right now. And it's one I've noticed you've been commenting on your own Facebook page about. This one's top. Wow, okay. <laughs> so he now he's done the turn. This week's discussion. Do you think that having a half race at a long course event... Just- tracks from the event significantly does it bother you or is it a p- actually a positive thing
1: James, james oh, who are you going to go first michael taylor generally speaking it's positive the atmosphere at challenge wanaka and ironman kens was definitely enhanced with the half athletes there for the finish and just generally
0: around town so there are a few more riders out in the course but we all just need to keep to ourselves okay james botel has got what do we say to ourselves if we execute a four eight hour event on um, from being on the same time as an 8 to 17-hour event. Let's build a big triathlon tent and have a huge party at the race in it. Diversity. It ain't about the skin colour and who you squeeze. It's about diversity of mindsets and experience.
1: Simon Early, it definitely detracts from the race. Doesn't feel as special as if you were going to do a full. um, You want to be the centre of attraction. Kind of agree with
2: that. Yeah,
1: okay.
0: Okay, well, we'll talk about it in a second. Uh, I've raced Pistis Peter... Pete Githens, he's got, I've raced a lot of races where there are different length events, uh, different type of events all being held at the same place on the same day. Marathon, half marathon. Uh, half iron distance Olympic triathlon long so on so on so on so on you name it they're all out there the only problem I see is specific to WTC IM events is that the races completely sell out at the full distance at that point it isn't really practical to have other races as an athlete it's nice to have the option to switch to a shorter event if training isn't where I hoped it would be or injuries prevent preparedness Jim Daly, not sure I like it on the same day. The half
1: may detract from the awesomeness of the full distance race. Not that the half distance is is not awesome too, I love that distance, but having the half on the Saturday and the full on the Sunday makes for an amazing
0: weekend. And you can spectate support at the race you're not doing. Okay, um, Pike Redden's got, I've done many triathlons for years with half iron distance along with Olympic distance races. As long as the race bibs are marked differently so you can tell who you're racing against it seems to work fine i'm doing lake tahoe next weekend well you might not be best on these (laughs) fires and they have been uh have a half distance starting an hour 20 later and uh we'll do it along with it uh la cut may be the way of the future with all the different races to pick from most of them are not selling out in minutes race need to be profitable otherwise they go goodbye Michael Kennedy, last one
1: I'll do. I think it's interesting to hear from the media reports. I think often the field in the 70.3 gets barely a mention when raced with an Ironman. For example, if towards the broadcast of Ken's 90% Ken's ninety percent of the coverage is the Ironman, despite 70, the seventy-point field often has more depth and gets a slight mention of who wins amongst the other events like the kids triathlon. I personally don't mind the races being on the same weekend. However, Ironman is always betrayed as the big dance, and everything else is less significant. Who
0: do? Who is that? Uh, Michael Kennedy. Okay, I'll finish with Danco. He's got. I don't like it. Uh, when I've only just started a run and others are already out there celebrating the finish it's not very motivating that's actually a pretty good point Mm -hmm, isn't it mm -hmm. and especially when the course empties big time because it's normally 70% plus who are doing the half having sprint alongside long distance would be better as they're clearly different events plus provides a proper spectator experience in the grey zone between long distance swim, finish and run start Mm. John, your thoughts Although TRS tried The the guys from that crew He's got what My only concern is it might distract from the bare mile Yes Very good (laughs) John Bo, your thoughts Uh, You've got to look at this From a couple of angles When I look at it
1: Purely from the selfish You
0: made me think about The camera angle then I'm sorry I'll I'll (laughs) leave it But yeah I was just Where you go Um, From an athletic point of view And a purely selfish one if
1: If it was me racing I'd rather just have the full distance. I don't care how many people are out there. I remember when I had a Challenge Monica the first time, the first year, there was only, I don't know, 150 people doing it didn't bother me in the in the slightest um, I'd rather have a clear course in front of me not having to be passing 70 point3 athletes whether they say be on the run they are on the run and I'm finishing the bikes so from that point of view um, I don't like having the races on the um, on the same day from a purely athletic one but then you look at all the other angles and it's and it's all pretty positive so you know if I say again take challenge Monica for example I think there's a lot more positives to having the half than there are negatives. So the negatives, obviously, we all know, you know, you, it's a bit more confusing who's where on the race. That other yep. guy just made the point, you know, you've got athletes out there at the start of the race that have, haven't even done the full bike. Yep. You've got the relay people ripping past you when you're in the bloody suffering like a dog on the run and all those sort of negative things. But I think the positiveness of having more people at the event is, um, overrides that and it, and it creates for a better overall for everybody well it's not just that
0: had. like if you think of Challenge Wanaka if it didn't have the half obviously profitability of the race but but also the amount of spectators that are going to be there absolutely you know the crowd support <coughs> mm-hmm. if you've got like Wanaka it's a majority half race isn't it mm. and so and, and I imagine a lot of those Challenge races probably are a bit more kind of mm-hmm. skewed towards the half field mm-hmm. than the on long distance field and um, and that brings an atmosphere to the race. Now, mm. admittedly, you might miss the gist of it because you're out there racing, mm-hmm. but you come through town and there's going to be mm. even more people at the end, even for you later in the day. So mm. yeah. So I, I do like what
1: both Challenge and WTC do. The focus is still on the long-distance race yep. in terms of the, the media coverage and what have you. So they try really hard. That is their focus. And these other events are supporting events. So I think... You know, for the, for the longevity of the sport, for the longevity of these long-distance races, um, it's we just have to, to roll with it. And yes, there's a few negative things. Um, and But I think overall it's much more positive. Yeah. But having that being said, you know, if we went boom, there's two races in one city in your summertime. And if you said one's going to be an iron-distance race with 1,500 people, the other one's going to be a festival event with 500 in the full and a thousand doing other events and they're both like for like I'm going to go for the one that's a standalone event uh, pretty much every day of the week
0: personally well it's also now, how long have you been racing because for me if I was doing my first long distance race I'd want it to be a pure event mm. you know I'd want it to be a day because that's the nice thing about an Ironman when you do like a WTC Ironman you turn up and you know everyone's on the same path. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's something about just that knowing that's kind of really cool. Hmm. Then when you go to a race that mixes it up, you kind of don't have that feeling. But then hmm. maybe like maybe you get more of a badge of honor because you're the crazy one who's doing the event that everyone yep. else isn't doing. So I don't know. It's an interesting one. I kind of agree. I, I think it's a, there's a real good place in the sport for it and it actually has positive uh, factors. But at the same time, you know, you can see you know, just a long course by itself is a good thing. Jumbo, here's my idea. Better be good. There's a big controversy in New Zealand right now, John, but what is it? Oh, we're not going to do something about the bloody flag, yes, are we? we
1: are. I, I'm a very, I'll, I'll say I'm very pro having a new flag. This better be triathlon specific or it's not happening.
0: Because oh, well, if we win the Olympic gold medal, there'll be a flag.
1: Okay. Yeah, there you go.
0: So I want to see, because our, our world, our IM Talk world, doesn't know much about the flag. So we want to see, I want to see what they think is the best flag. God, Come on You're the one You gotta go to your okay. Facebook page John Newsome lovely, lovely, John Newsom, Because yeah. I'm on your Facebook page Every day Yeah yeah. Because I know you're on there Every day Bloody yeah. hell You live on that place Yeah John Newsom and, and good old Michael Yeager He's gone John Bevan I saw some funny news article About selecting New Zealand flag Which one is your pick Which one's your pick You want the peaks don't you
1: uh, No not really But that's probably my second But then
0: Okay Go flag option Okay So what we're going to do John Newsom? You have even put John Key's video on your Facebook page. Oh, uh, yeah. I very much want a new flag.
1: There's nothing that's really jumping out at I me, mean, that's the whole issue. So we've sort of got... Basically, how it works for you guys is they've, we're basically having a referendum and we've been given four. It's been a balls up, let's be honest, isn't it? We've got four choices of flags that we can have. um, And the first round of the referendum, we get to vote on.
0: So basically what happened was they said anyone can submit a flag, and so there's some pretty funny flags. The the lazy kiwi was definitely the favorite one. And uh, so thousands of people just submitted kind of some good, some pretty random. And then from there, they had a select committee, but they spent millions of dollars and they had these kind of big kind of public meetings where they spent you know thousands of maybe $20,000 on a public meeting and two people turned up. And that's not an exaggeration. (laughs) The Christchurch one, I think there was two people. Yeah, it was a total waste of kind of public money. But um, So then from there, a a panel, I'm not even sure how they chose the panel. It was just kind of iconic New Zealand people really, wasn't it? Because the argument was being that there weren't really many designers in mm-hmm. the kind of choosing. And so from there there's been four flags that they can choose. And of the four that you choose, two are a carbon copy of each other with a <laughs> little bit of a colour difference. So you kinda go, Come on, team, sharpen up and then there's another two as well. And no one's really passionate about what they've come up with Although mm. I do Tony Hodge seems to be Because she's made her mm-hmm. And then there's been this random flag That's came from the left field That everyone seems to like Called the Twin Peaks But that's not a part of the process So we're going to put it on our Facebook page today And we're going to say What flag do you think New Zealand should have? Okay? Yeah you're, like, you're happy for me to go with that? I'm overjoyed Which one are you going to go for? Uh, the black and white fern one. Oh, the the thing Oh, just the no, pure, the, the, like the All Blacks one. Yeah, but it's not like the it's All Blacks one. It's not the very nice fern, but that's the problem, isn't it? It's not perfect. No. That's the thing. It's like, oh. Why don't we just go with the fern that works? Wow, well,
1: you're not allowed to do that. So we've obviously New Zealand's oh, you, associated you international with, listeners are loving this, but go. New Zealand's associated with the silver fern on the All Blacks, yep. and it's a it's black, kind of a black iconic. background, and then it's got this nice fern, and it's sort of silver, and it looks wicked, and it is cool. Um, there's two reasons why we can't have it. The All Blacks got a trademark on it Oh come on All Blacks And they said no Oh did they And then also It looks very similar To the ISIS flag Oh That's a big reason well, why. That, that's didn't... probably fair enough Yeah It's <laughs> so, a good reason
0: Not to do it Yeah Okay well there you go So this week's discussion Oh here we go John's, John's race is on here Ian Wood Your handicap was a bit short softer. Oh we'll go into that later <laughs> Here we go uh, Okay, so there we go. So uh which flag, flag, which flag what what do you guys think we should do? Do so you got a name I don't know what they were called. You I'll put a f- photo on there and you can just say, say flag one, two, or three or four. Well you have to oh, oh, yeah, okay. Make it clear. Right. Okay. You should have put a design in. I should have. Should yeah. have put the IM talk logo in. That's have right. They, <laughs> That's right we should have done that actually. Okay, here's uh let's put some music on. That's tastic! It's fantastic, Jumbo. That's a great intro. I'm loving it. Okay, so a few weeks ago, someone sent through and said, "What's the most elevation gain that we've had in Iron Distance race?" And we came up with some answers, and then we got lots more answers. Yeah. And I can't actually remember which one would officially say was the biggest. Silverman in the back in this day. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was Emberman. Man. Okay. But then we got an email through from Mike. And he's got my house. one? Mike Parrott. Mike Parrott. And he's got uh, a few weeks ago. go on the show. You the statistics was the most elevation gain for Iron Distance race. For your next statistic, I would like to suggest an Iron Distance race with the least elevation gain. My I suspect that it might be my local Western Australia would have the least elevation gain. It has a total of 260 metres of elevation gain on the bike and 71 metres on the run. The swim is normally very flat is in the sheltered bay. Uh, a ride sounds very easy but it means you never get to rest on the downhill and you need to maintain the aero position for the entire 180 K That's Mike. So Jombo went and did some research. Jumbo?
1: I think, just going back to that one that had the most elevation gain, I think it was actually a different one that was somewhere in the Pyrenees and it had, but but then the bike course was 200 kilometres long. But Embrim Embrim was right up there. Mm. So I went onto a couple of websites to research this in terms of GPS, looking at GPS files. Now sometimes GPS files can be a little bit different when they just plot them on Google to what it is in in reality. Sometimes they get these random little hills in there that aren't actually there. But, uh, and and for example here, Mike said that Western Australia has 260 metres of elevation gain, which is Basically, over 180k basically means it's a pancake. However, the website that I looked at said that it's a three-lap course and each lap is 67 metres of elevation gain, which makes it 201 metres. And from the races that I looked at, it looks like Western Australia takes the cake and that is this week's Statistic. Western Australia has either 201 or 260 metres elevation change on the bike and that was the least that I could find. We also have Florida in there and on I think on the Ironman website they have 991 feet of elevation change which is 302 metres and then the other one that I could think of was last weekend was uh, Aldmera so the Almera Triathlon or Challenge Aldmera and it looks like that's a two lap course each 149 metres so 298 so all those Three are pretty much pancakes. If there are, there may well be other races out there, but those were the three flat ones that I could think of. So, WA at either two hundred and one or two hundred and sixty is the flattest bike course out there. Okay, there you go. So, and I think so if you give
0: a pancake flat course, yeah, but I think as Mike, be said, nice roads
1: here too, wouldn't it? Uh, I don't know what WA is. I know, I mean, Florida is obviously very fast, and I'm not sure what the road surface like it's in Almera, but I think Mike is exactly right. Flat does equal fast but it doesn't always equal easiest because no. you do have to pedal the whole way so you look at other courses that are equally as fast you know rote in austria and i know there's a few question marks over the exact length of them but having those few hills can actually help break up
0: the and i right you do ride. get some nice long downhills don't you mm. you get some nice descends that actually give you a bit of a rest you can kind of sit up mm. also some kind of dangerous turns as well <laughs> but at the same time you do get that kind of recovery and that change in body position because we all know what it's like just to sit in the same position for hours mm. and hours and it's, um, you kind of just get a bit sick of it, don't you? You see people sitting up on the arrow bars later in the ride yep. and it's purely because their body's just over sitting in that position. So nice work there, Jombo. Thank you. And Mike. There we go. Okay, Jombo, we've got an interview coming up. We've got an interview with… Uh, do you want to do it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Kate Bevilacqua. Okay, she won the Canada Ultra Race, whatever it was called. 5.20. 5.20 Canada. And uh, she's going to tell us all about that now. And she's also got a partner on the show, Guy Crawford. He, he was support crew and Guy is
1: one of the Mr. Blue 70s as well. He's been around Blue 70 for, for a long time. He is, not he? Always over in Kona and good athlete in his own right. Yep. So here we go. Here's Kate and Guy. Righty-ho, um, a few weeks ago, we had uh, we had just complaints coming in for Africa. We didn't give Kate Bevilacqua enough love when she smoked everybody at uh, Ultraman Canada, which is now Ultra 520 Canada. Um, so we thought we'd best get her on the show and discuss how that race unraveled, because it's pretty rare that we see female athletes winning races overall, especially um Big double ones. I think Hillary Biscay came close a couple of times. So, uh, Kate, welcome along to the show.
3: Oh, Thank you, and thanks for having me, and thanks to everyone that complained. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Showing the love.
1: <laughs> uh, you, you've won a few um, Ironman races. You've won Western Australia, if people don't know about this. you won Louisville, Korea, lots of podiums in all different corners of the world um, at Ironman, half Ironman distance. I'm just wondering why you sort of uh, chose to, to do an ultra, I'm assuming, and you can correct us if we're wrong. um, There's probably no money in it. So, what was the sort of motivation to go and do it?
3: Uh, Yeah, you're right. Uh, There is no money in it. But um, look, it's been something that I have been thinking about doing for a while, like a good four or five years. Like those close to me know that I'd been have been talking to them with them and being, you know, one day, one day, I'm going to do it one day, and. Um, you know, I'd like to do Ultraman Hawaii, and, but Canada was looks awesome. The course looks fantastic, and um, it just... and then this year Ultraman Australia came up. You know, that was also in May, but it's on the same weekend as Buso Seventy Point Three, which is another race that I don't like to miss. Our home time, um, our home event. So it just happened that um, you know this year I wasn't chasing points for Kona for the Ironman. And uh, I thought, you know, it was the perfect opportunity. Um, I I kept saying one day, one day, one day, and I was like, I need to do this. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I put in my application the end of last year and found out in uh, January this year, and that was it. My plans just changed a little bit for the year. So uh, it was great. It was uh, glad to finally do it.
0: What what, what regards to, you know, you're, you're obviously a hugely successful Ironman, but when you kind of sign up for an ultra, what changes in the way you prepare for the race?
3: Uh, so, I, obviously, obviously, volume was the biggest factor. I didn't, you know, I spoke to a lot of people. I was very lucky to be able to chat to Hillary quite a bit about it. I get a lot of advice from her. And um, I didn't, I stuck to my normal plan really up until June. Um, I did Ironman. I did half Ironman. I did Ironman Lanzarote the end of May, had a few weeks off, came back to Boise in June and literally did like a eight to ten week build Um, into the ultra and I thought at that stage that I was stressing quite a bit I'm like this is just not going to be enough like I'm not going to be ready Um, but you know and chatting to Hillary, and then finding out personally myself you really can't maintain that type of volume for an extended period of time because it just just takes so much out of you so um, in the end, I think just having that, that build was perfect. But it was really, It was just the longer runs and the longer rides um, and I, no intensity for me. I really just started to really aim just to get a lot of volume in. Um, and, yeah, so it was very different.
1: <laughs> so what were your biggest rides and your biggest runs you did in training?
3: Uh, I, um, I did a 50K trail race mm-hmm. here in Boise, uh that, you know, and that took me five hours. Um, but the rest of the time I did probably three um three, four hour runs. Yeah. Um we you know, where I was getting out, you know, again close to fifty uh, Ks in that time. And bike wise though I only um eight hours my, was my longest yeah. my longest uh, ride. Um I, I virtually went on time just because it depended on what terrain I was on and things like that. Um so, so the yeah.
1: In terms of your strategy going into the race, um, what was it? Did you did you know much about the other people racing um, or were you just going to go out there and, and do your gig? So what was your sort of strategy maybe leading into day one? Um,
3: well, just taking a step back with my training, we did actually do a um, – like a race sim each week, like a a, a bike day, a bigger bike day than a big run day. And each week, it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. So I always had those three big days each week. So I had that in the back of my mind. That gave me a lot of confidence leading into the race. But to be honest, for the race, I had no idea who anyone was. Uh, It wasn't until I got there and you do the welcome dinner and they introduce everyone who's doing it and they talk about things that they've achieved in the past and that was my first indication of you know the type of athletes that were there and the experience that was there and um, you know there were guys there that had um, achieved faster Ironman times you know overall Ironman times than I had and things like that so I knew there was you know good caliber of athletes there but I hadn't gone in there it was just such an unknown I didn't go in there with a, oh, yeah I'm going to win this thing overall like that yeah. never entered my head. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I wanted to win the women, for sure. I wanted to do well overall, but I also had no idea what was going to happen, you know, because it's such an unknown. So So how did you – yeah, I'm
0: sorry.
1: (coughs) You you, you smoked this one. Um, You went 237.57, and looking down the results, it looks like the next person was around about uh, the 250 – two marks, so did you did you pretty much clear out from the gun or uh, did you have anybody you know, whacking on your feet for a while?
3: Uh, I think I was, so I have a paddler with Lee so Guy paddled with me and my target time was 2.30 or so. There we two.
1: go, that, so Guy was sitting there whacking all the other guys. <laughs> he like was,
3: that, there, like there was actually, buddy, you'll, notice the quite a few, <laughs> you'll notice quite a few DNFs after the swim he was able
0: to <laughs> <Just get rid laughs> wipe out the, the field. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, but no, the We the plan. I was hoping to swim two thirty, you know, for the ten ks. And in the end, I did the two thirty seven. And guys, Garmin registered ten point five ks. So he was meant to keep me in a straight line. Obviously, he failed.
0: (laughs) Too busy working, people. (laughs) Uh,
3: But uh, he did slow me. I did go out a little bit too hard, and he's like, he did slow me down, just reminding me that it wasn't like a you know, a half Ironman or an Ironman swim, I was going to be out there for a considerable amount of time. Yeah. Um, and knowing not just that I had to get out of the swim and, and ride, you know, 145Ks, but the fact that there was a day two and a day three, he was also very conscious of...
2: 155. Yeah, yeah.
3: Uh, that's right. Of stopping me every, you know, few Ks to eat and drink um, so that we could keep my nutrition up and my energy levels up for the, you know, for being able to continue on. So... I did, you know, that did set me up, I feel, um, not just for day one but to give me that, that bit of the lead um, heading into days two as well.
0: So, And coming out of the swim, so first of all, was it strange to have to stop and eat in the swim?
3: Oh, it was. I felt like I shouldn't be doing it. <laughs> I was like, I can't, I can't, this is taking too long. Like, it's not, yeah. <laughs> this is a waste of time.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's such an odd thing for us. Like, maybe ultraswimmers do that, but for us, that's not really our world. So, you get out of the swim, you're in a pretty good position. Uh, what was the approach going into the bike on the first day?
3: For, for, I was really – I just thought in my head, oh, like it's like an Ironman day but I don't have to run a marathon afterwards oh, okay. So, and it's only 155Ks. Um, it's literally, you know, the Ironman Canada course except for, you know, a few 20-odd Ks of it. Um, so it was just stay on top of my nutrition, ride within myself, um, sort of, you know, Ironman watts as such for that type of ride uh, and, um, yeah, make sure, like I said, stay on top of it. It was quite hot that day. It was – Around 36, 37, it was just continued to heat up, and you know, no wind, so it was very dry. And but the, so the good thing was, like, I had my support crew with me, and initially I'm like, oh, I don't need any, I can carry all my own nutrition because it's so hot, I don't have to worry about it. But my bottles were warming up so quickly that I was swapping out bottles every, you know, half hour, 45 minutes with them just to get cold ones again.
1: Wow! Now, so you finished finish day one, and it looks like you had around about a, a ten minute lead or so over um, over the guy who eventually finished in in third place. So, rolling into to day two, you know, how did you actually feel um, starting day two? You know, you done a swim and a decent bike day day one, going into day two, how did you feel, and, and what was the strategy?
3: I actually felt okay going into day two. Um, the strategy was I ha- I was told to, you know, slow down, pace myself, do not go out uh, too hard at the start. Again, everyone started together, which is very different to, you know, the swim, obviously, I I got away. But on the bike, there was a group of us together for, uh, yeah, a considerable amount of time, probably 50, 60 Ks. Um, Mm. But we had like, obviously, it's, you know, drafting is allowed and there's um, a marshal with you and things like that. But then one got a mechanical and, um, you know, someone dropped off. So I eventually found myself um, on my own um, and just continued writing. Probably a little bit harder than I should have though. <laughs> yeah.
1: And what about this guy? Um, so um, Dustin Gilbert looked like he took a bit of a flyer and put it, took, took about 20 odd minutes yeah. out of you. Um, what was it like at, at the end of day two? I haven't done my maths exactly, but it looked like it must have been very close or maybe he had a, a slight overall lead on you.
3: He did. He had an 11 or 12-minute lead on me on day two. Mm. Um, I crashed. I I mean, I didn't crash my
2: bike.
3: I I, I, I mentally um, hit a couple of real dark patches on day two and my team, my support crew pulled me off the road and sat me down and gave me Red Bull and, you know, gave me a bit of a pep talk and just were telling me to get my head back in the game and and remember this is something you wanted to do and forget about everyone else, just go out there and ride. So um, I had I did have a couple of moments and they were you know extremely good at getting me going again um, and I do I do remember Dustin going by and I'm like awesome you know that's great you know someone to ride with but I just did not have it I didn't have it in me to be able to you know go or pace off him at all I just had to uh, stay with him myself just so I could finish that day too. <laughs> well,
0: going into the race, you're saying the kind of the main goal was to win the females' race, and, and I'm sure by the end of you know even maybe day one, you kind of knew you were probably going to get that. What what stage do you go, far out I'm going for the win of the whole thing? Like, was that happening in day two? No way. No,
3: no. No, no day day two was like, you've made a big mistake. What were you thinking? Why would you want to do an ultra event <laughs> like this? Um, can I just get off my bike now? No, I've had friends come over from Australia to support me. Oh, really?
0: So it was really <laughs> horrible was, place.
3: Yeah. <laughs> day two, it, it was, yeah, very different um, mindset about just, um, just keep pedaling because then you will make it to the finish line.
0: <laughs> can, I, can I just take a st- step back to day one? After doing a 10k swim, what was it? You know, you're saying that you kind of treated day one almost like an Ironman, but an Ironman is such a shorter swim. What was it like getting off the bike, uh, out of the swim, biking after swimming for so long?
3: The, uh, actually, I found it okay. I, I really enjoyed the swim. Uh, guy was very entertaining.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he
3: was singing and dancing in the in the kayak. <laughs> oh,
2: <a nappy laughs> he had
3: a nappy on. Yeah. <laughs> um uh, so I didn't I I actually got out of the water and, you know, did a really quick transition and everyone was laughing at me because there was a tent there that you could have got changed in and I'm just there laying on the ground, so my my supporters are ripping my wetsuit off and I'm doing it like it's a <laughs> like a normal transition, bike to run transition. Mm-hmm. So um I didn't it was getting onto the bike was actually more of a you know nice change rather than oh no no I'm getting onto the bike after such a long swim it was like oh awesome now I'm on the bike I'm the swim's done and 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 let's enjoy this so yeah I didn't have too many issues with that
1: so to day three, is obviously um, crunch time. You know, double marathon is a bloody long way. Um, we know you're a strong, strong runner from, from Ironman times and stuff. You end up with a run split of 7.32. Um, I know that that course over there in Canada is, is certainly not a, a pancake flat by any stretch of the imagination. You've got a bit of shingle and stuff um, to, to do quite a bit of off-road running. What was, what was your sort of goal time for the run, and how did that compare to how things panned out?
3: Well, um, the end of day two that night, uh, I was really just emotionally and physically, um, yeah, pretty much done. Mm-hmm. I didn't think I would be capable of getting through a, <laughs> a double marathon the next day. Um, we we had to sit down, and my coach and guy were you know making me just feeding me continuously um, that evening. He also waking up at like 2.30 in the morning and feeding me again with protein shakes and cold pizza and just getting in the calories in. They, they thought that the reason I had such a struggle on day two was not actually having enough calories at the end of the day on day one. Oh, so yeah. I didn't want to make that same mistake. So when I woke up the morning for day three, I, I had in, my, in the back of my mind that I would love to uh, break the women's course record for the run and I knew that was 7.58. So, but I also was going to be, look, again, it's 84Ks. Mm-hmm. I, the, the number one goal is to finish. The number one goal is to definitely get through it. Uh, if I can break that course record, that would be awesome. So, they that was sort of how the day began.
1: Well, you clearly smashed that course record with <laughs> 7.32. So, I must have gone. I mean, that's still, you know, it's an awesome time. But it's you know relative to you know what you can run a marathon and a half marathon you know it's a pretty pretty slow place you're cruising along but I'd imagine it must just eat you up after you get through sort of forty or fifty k's having done all what you've done the, the first couple of days so was it a, was it a grind from the get go and you just had to keep going or did you just uh, just stick at it or was there any really dark moments like there was on the bike on on day two.
3: Oh, no, I feel like well, most of my dark moments were on day two on the bike. On day three, I started off relatively easy, you know, chatting with some of the other runners, uh, you know, finding out more about them where they were from. It was, it was really quite great for the first four or five k's. Um, but then I just was able to continue to maintain that pace and, uh, and they, you know, some of the others dropped off. I had a goal in mind of not, you're allowed to have support run with you as well, just side by side. Just one person and I wanted to not use that until after the first marathon. So in my head, all I was thinking about was getting through the first 42 and then after that, you know, my support crew were rotating in and running uh, 2Ks with me at a time. So and I was never thinking beyond that. I only (laughs) ever thought of 2Ks at a time. There was – if I thought any further in front of that, it was just too far.
1: (laughs) Did Guy manage to keep up okay?
3: (laughs) Guy was actually quite good. I had some other support members that I had to tell them to slow down. I'm uh, like, um, yeah. I've run like 70Ks. Can you like just slow down the pace a little bit when you're running with me? Yeah. But um, no, he was he was good. Although we had a few discussions where I was like, you cannot talk about this, you cannot talk about this. Do not mention <laughs> that. <laughs> Do not talk about my technique right now. I don't want to hear about
2: it. I oh, was no. scared. <laughs> no. Very scared.
3: Mm, so It was to- during the run. Um, It was during the run with Guy at about point, I think we were 60Ks into the run. That was the first time I had found out that I did have a chance of winning overall. Mm. Um, And and when you say that, that,
2: like,
0: like, because you end up winning by, you know, 30 minutes nearly, so you end up winning by quite a lot. Uh, Were you kind of just taking the lead there and you kind of dominated that last section of the run or was it more, um, you, you know, like how close did you know you had it at that moment?
3: Oh actually it was I think it was half that time I think it was maybe fifteen or seventeen 16 to yeah um at at that point in the run, I was in front of Dustin and um ultra oh. chumba yeah. <laughs> was yeah. leading the run, and he had to he had to beat me by half an hour or something to get the win, yeah. and Dustin had to you know finish within a certain amount of time behind me. And at that time, and the um, Steve King, the announcer, came by in his car. He was heading to the finish line, and he said, "Look, at this point in time, these are the splits. If you can maintain this pace, you, um, you know, you will get the overall win." Mm. Um, and we, I looked at Guy. I was like, "Wow, that'd be awesome!" And then I, and then I turned back to him and said, "But I still have twenty four k's to go." Yeah. <laughs>
2: um,
3: so I said we can't talk about this until I just don't want to talk about. It. I just want to still keep
1: focusing on two Ks at a time. <laughs> so, so when you did come into the um, into the finish and finish the event, you know I know it's not a big big uh, big deal. This race in terms of you know thousands of spectators like you might get in an Ironman race. So what was the sort of feeling when you eventually made it to the finish? Shoot, you know, relative to say winning an Ironman when you got people yahooing and screaming and all everything around you. Uh,
3: I think it was extremely special because I was able to have my entire support crew come down that finish line with me. Oh, so okay. I had my two girlfriends from Perth who who were my support crew with my coach and guy. So all five of us, they drove the car come to the finish line as I run the last few Ks and we all run down together. So that you know still gives me goosebumps thinking about that because they have done a lot and put up with a lot. You know, not just for those three days, but all the training and everything in Guy's case. And they're able to share that, you know, that special part with me. So um, it was great. It was really good, even though, yeah, there wasn't the number of spectators that I have been used to in the past.
0: (laughs) What was it like to have a race, you know, because Ironman is such a solo experience. You've kind of got your competition, uh, who you are surrounding around with the energy that you experience. But to actually have a race where you could have support crew beside you. What were some of the real cool things about that and maybe what were some of the challenges that you maybe didn't foresee before you did it?
3: I had to um, – my coach did ask me, look, when you hit those places, what do you want us to say to you? Like when you're in those dark patches, what do you – and I, I couldn't respond because I said to him, I don't know. I don't know what's going to get me out, out of them or or what I want you to say when, when you see me. They're things we're just going to have to learn on day one um, and be able to – um, be able to develop them as we go along so I mean having them there and seeing them it gives you a lift every time I mean anyone who does who's done half Ironman or Ironman know when you see spectators or you have a crowd or you see your family member on the side it just picks you up for mm. that you
2: know,
3: for a little bit of time so it you're just not out there alone even though it is such a long three-day event you never you're never really out there alone so that was great um, and like I said we learned from day one day two and three we actually one of my support members was calculating all the food i was eating and drinking entirely throughout the day and my energy expenditure and then at the end of the day working out what the deficit was and i had to get that a um, minimum get that amount of food those amount of calories back into my body so um there was some more fine line you know scientific stuff that i hadn't thought of that i think made a big difference in the end too
1: so does, does this result change anything for you going forward? You know, you talked about possibly Ultraman um, Kona one day or, you know, thinking of uh, the new Ultraman in Australia. So what does does this result do for you? Or is it one that you just wanted to tick off the box and say, yep, done that, had an awesome race, got to get back to earning some money? Or what's, what's the plan now?
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, no, look, I, it was great. And I am very excited to have ticked the box and done so well. And I do want to do... Um, more, um, when that time will be, yeah, you're right, I, I do have to go back now to, um, you know, some half Ironmans and Ironmans and um, back to training and finding a little bit of speed, which I'm looking forward to because it is, you know, they're training for the event and the actual event itself is is mentally, Your
2: in- misery. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> mentally and physically draining. I don't know how people back them up or do multiple ones in a year because I'm not ready to do another one just yet. Um but I will. I but I am looking forward to doing
0: another one one day. On that quickly. front, what, what, what was the recovery like in comparison to an Ironman? You know, because Ironman, you know, at your level, the intensity you guys are pushing is pretty full on. Um, and but you are also kind of extremely conditioned. But whereas this is kind of more of, a, as you're saying, a kind of a slow grind. So post race, was it a very similar recovery, or was it actually different?
3: I think it was different. I, I mean, I was still sore, and then I was obviously after running eighty-four k's the next day. I had trouble getting in and out of the car and, and things like that. Um, but I, I raced—I <laughs> raced an Olympic distance race literally four days later, five days later.
2: Four
0: It's um, a good idea.
3: And that was not a great idea because it <laughs> was not—it <laughs> was not awesome. Uh, um, And I think I had, I was just on a high because of how well the day went. So that adrenaline kept going. And it wasn't until probably two weeks after the event that everything really did just hit me. And I was extremely tired and fatigued then. Um, So it sort of came a bit later. Um, But you're right, different type of fatigue compared to Iron Man. Iron Man, it seems more like muscle soreness and it it gets over a bit quickly, a bit quicker. This is, uh, yeah, took me a good three to four weeks, I think.
1: So what's, what's the plan for the rest of the year?
3: We're um, in training now to head to Silverman 70.3 in Las Vegas in October. And then as we fly home, as in home back to Perth, um, we're going to do Taiwan 70.3 and IMAM Malaysia. So,
1: nice. um, Yeah. Right. Somebody uh, any any plugs in terms of if people want to follow follow you or any plugs you need to give you know obviously the support crew have been awesome but any any particular plugs or, or if people want to follow you how can they find you
3: <laughs> They can find me my website is just com. my twitter is KateBeverlacqua as well and so is my facebook or just just my name and you'll be able to find out um, you know whatever you would like to find out I mean, and all my sponsors were amazing. I spoke to them all um the end of last year and said, look, you know, I'm thinking of doing this as a change of Ultraman. Um, and they were all, you know, very so supportive and, and you know, wish, being there and wishing me good luck and helping me get organized and things like that. So it was great that it was different from the norm, but they were all like, yeah, you know, that sounds fantastic. So.
1: And did you get much coverage you know obviously um, you're on the the biggest podcast in the world right now which is just that's, uh, that's, that's all i need that's all you needed now. <laughs> in know. terms of um, uh, you know uh, I I only stumbled across the result, and I can't remember. I think Guy must have posted something on his Facebook page. I thought, oh, yeah, Ultraman Canada was on last weekend. I went and checked it out. Um, But I don't recall really seeing anything on any of the triathlon websites or anything like that, which is pretty shit when you consider, um, as I said in the intro, very rare that females win races overall. So did did you actually get much coverage from it? You're
3: right. Um, Probably, I mean, I feel like I've... Uh, had more to do as a result of winning that than I have when I've won an Ironman title, mm. but the coverage probably hasn't been as extensive. Does that make sense? Yeah. Just because yeah. Ironman is such a, a mainstream event that it will get it will get you know publicized on websites and, and magazines and things like that. Um, but I've had a lot more to do as an individual winning this um, than I have than any of those other titles that I've been able to achieve.
1: Nice, well done. Now, Guy's been is a ball of energy that's been sitting on his hands for the last uh, twenty six <laughs> minutes, and he's been probably about to explode. Of his life. <laughs> so, Guy, in two seconds, tell us all about the event and your involvement. Uh, <laughs> <coughs> two hey. seconds. No, was just a, right. what, what was your was um, a, what was your sort of instructions before the race? You know, one of the questions I was going to have, but Kate kind of answered was in terms of the. The feedback you were instructed to give Kate, or what? What was your sort of plan, and what what were you told to do before the before the race?
4: You mean told by Kate? Or yes. Told, and
1: yeah. then what was your actual plan that you were going to do? <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, the polar opposite. Yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, I was pretty petrified of her leading into the race and during the race. So I was like uh, probably the quietest I've been since we've been together. <laughs> she was she freaking me out so I was um, uh, my plan was to be as nice as possible and be as positive as possible and hopefully not get yelled at that was pretty much it
1: did, did you how close did you go to achieving that
4: I the no, first day I think I was done. I think she yelled at me. Uh,
1: not in the swim. The swim was
4: very. No, positive. you did really well
3: in the swim.
4: Yeah. I think on the I offered her a sponge on the first day on the on the bike, and she's like, "I don't want that shit." I was like, "Okay." <laughs>
0: um, but but was, it, was it really delicate for you? Because obviously, you know, we all know. You know, anybody in a relationship knows that you have that moment with your partner where you know there are something's up, and your job is to get out of the way. But in this moment, she's under a lot of stress. Obviously, at times, she's going to be probably on edge, but at the same time, your role was to help her. So was that a really kind of delicate line to kind of tread? <clears throat> it,
4: it was pretty delicate, but um, not too bad because when there's other people involved, uh, generally I become the emotional support, so it's all positive for me, and then someone else cops it. So the the coach was actually the one that was on the <laughs> receiving end of the negative energy, and I was like, winning. I was like, yes! <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> and what was the feel at the event for you? Because, you know, obviously Kate's on on edge. She's, she's very stressing about the race and, you know, getting pretty fatigued as you go through. But in terms of an outsider's feel for this event, and we, we know it was, it was tiny compared to a big Ironman race, you know, there's only a, um, how many people were on the start list? Must have been about 25. Th- 25, 30 or so. So what was the sort of feel for you? Was it like going to your little um, Napier sprint triathlon mm-hmm. in New Zealand or was it, was it, did it just have a different feel to it?
4: In some ways, it was very mellow and very, very casual. So just like, yeah, your local sprint triathlon. But in other ways, that um, the way that they presented it, it was like a really big deal. So the welcome dinner, they sat you down and then um, they went through everything and it took like three or four hours with your whole crew there and you realize uh, the sort of magnitude of what these people are about to go through and and, and that was um, a lot more intense than than Ironman or anything I've ever experienced before. But then uh, you go to start the swim and it's just like a very casual, mellow affair. So it was was two very different uh, feelings and vibes to – to the race.
0: What was it like between the competitors? Like was it did it have that competitive kind of feel or was it just kind of quite chilled or, or did that change throughout the time?
4: Uh, mostly I would say it's chilled and really every other competitor and the competitors crews were really um uh what's the word I'm supportive supportive yeah, yeah of the other crews and the other teams. So if someone got a flat and you didn't have a tube, another car would stop and give you a tube to give to that athlete. So it was a lot more supportive and not as competitive as other races are. But there was there was an element. The men wanted to beat Kate, and <laughs> so, as as most men do, when a when a chick passes you, you want to pass her back. So. Yeah.
1: And and how did you logistically do things on the on, on the bike, both the bike and the run? Because Kate was saying there was sort of two K stints on the on the on the run when you were going along. What about on the bike? Were you like doing the Tour de France, handing the bottles out uh, out the side of the window, doing the, the sneaky hold onto the car while you get getting the bottle?
2: <laughs> or were you
1: or, or were you doing sort of the stand on the side of the road passing bottles? How did you how did you actually work the logistics mainly on the bike and, and then onto the run?
4: So they've got all these uh, rules, and that's what um, the first day was. You're not allowed to drive next to your athlete. You have to pass them, and you have to pass them at the speed of traffic. Otherwise, you get a penalty. Oh, Otherwise, wow. the athlete gets a penalty. So everything had to be a handoff, and um, so we'd always drive past Kate, and would would ha- <coughs> hand off bottles, sponges, whatever it gels, whatever she needed. Um, and on the bike, it was. Pretty much as often as we can, except for one time we lost her, and that was that but,
0: um, For how long?
4: Oh, probably about forty minutes. Oh no! Yeah, oh, because we stopped for a sandwich, and <laughs> and and then my poor minivan, I s were taking it through these corners and up this hill. Oh, I thought we're we're in trouble. I thought the engine was going to explode, but all ends all. It all ended well. But yeah, uh, we, were, we were hopping past her as much as possible, so just she'd go past, would wait for two or three minutes, then would go back past her and find the nearest place to pull over, because you have to worry about mechanicals, and we did have one. A D, we had a DI2 meltdown, mm-hmm. so... Yeah, all these things are my fault. Yeah, then I'm getting yelled at again.
1: <laughs> yeah. There must have been bloody tiring. I mean, I've done a lot of epic camp support, and we don't, you know, with that we might drive every uh, every every twenty thirty k's or so, or you know, maybe you know, maybe fifteen or so. But um, yeah, doing every few k's must be tiring, and and uh, and you kind of on. And I've done coast to coast support over here. It's it's pretty nerve wracking as well.
4: Yeah, it was very. You get very anxious and really really tired. I. I, I think I was more tired after that than I have <laughs> been after any Ironman I've ever competed in. I, I said to Kate when once the hype was over, I was like, "Never again. I'm never. Again. <laughs> I'm not doing that again. That was is so painful." Oh, he
3: slept like my, He slept so much more than me the week after the race. Yeah,
4: was it was.
3: He was out for you know twelve, fifteen hours after we got back to Boise. It was ridiculous.
4: It was just being up you're up before the athlete, you're up after the athlete and you're doing like their bottles. Oh, so we're lucky we had a crew of four, but, um, some crews only had two and I don't even know how they achieved it. And then there's a lot of stress that goes on. So yeah, it was, it was really tough, but, um, good result at the end of it
2: did did you have to feel
1: sort of change as she as she got tired you know obviously it sounds like she got cranky and that's natural for everybody to do that again we see that stuff on epic camp everybody's a bit on edge um how did you actually see her change and and how did you um maybe change your approach to how you you dealt with situations were there times when you were firm and or was that the coach's role just saying no just pull your shit together or were you just uh that that lovey-dovey guy
4: you know i think 95% of the time I was lovey-dovey guy and maybe only twice was I like, come on, Kate, you've got this, blah, blah, blah. Um, But yeah, 95% of the time she responded better to the lovey-dovey stuff or just general chit tat, chat about nonsense and I'm really good at nonsense I can talk so much crap about nothing so yeah. basically that's all I did I was like hey look at the trees does that look like a bat I'm sure that was a bat Oh no, is there a donkey are there donkeys in Canada I'm not sure What out for the bear like <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: something like that Um, and any any other sort of Observations you had around the event in terms of uh, were you thinking this is uh, definitely not something I want to be going doing? This is something I could see myself doing? Or, or anything else you maybe saw, any crazy things you saw other competitors doing that you're just like, what are you doing?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
4: all, all of that. Um, yeah. I, I thought, oh wow, this would be cool until I walked 84Ks and then that would not be cool. Yeah. Um, and the- I saw another dude riding a, he rode a road bike for the whole time. The guy that ended up coming second by 16 minutes, I thought, ooh, that would have been close if he was on a TT mm. bike. Yeah. Um, another guy uh, – there were all these like errors that people made. Like people actually lost their athletes. Other people didn't take water for their athletes. Oh, nice. One guy's car broke down. So his athlete rode by himself for like three and a half hours and 37 degrees oh. with like two bottles. It was – yeah, so there was crazy stuff like that happening all over the place. Um, a, a kayak left a, a swimmer in the middle of a thing because he was like, "I don't want water," and they're like, "We don't have water." So this kayak went left into a house, and this guy's just swimming in the middle of a lake. <laughs> so, Yeah, it was
0: crazy. Did, 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 was it? Did you feel like the winning team is you know because obviously Kate won the race, but there was that kind of like we're the winning team kind of pride.
4: Oh yeah, there was a, there was a little bit of that, <laughs> like that. You know, you try and suppress that a little bit. They're like, yeah, number
2: one, but
4: um, we didn't ever tell Kate that. We were tr- just trying to not put any pressure on her. Just oh yeah, just get to the finish. You're doing really well. Stick to the plan. But, yeah, there was an element of that. I was like,
1: yes, number one. <laughs> in your and obviously face. Your, your, your training obviously uh, took a bit of a hit for a few days there. What's your sort of, your sort of plan for the year for, for people that don't know Guy? He's a good, strong 70.3 Ironman athlete, raced in all corners of the globe, gets himself up on, up on that podium. Um, so what's your plan for the rest of the year?
4: Uh, so the same race schedule as Kate, 70.3 Vegas, um, Taiwan, and then I'm Ironman Malaysia, but mm. I seem to be going better at like Olympic distance and ex-terrors uh, than I have before, except for New Zealand where I was unconscious. That was, <laughs> that was a low point. <laughs>
1: <laughs> nice. Um, we'll have to have a showdown again uh, in Wellington one day. Yes. Yes,
0: we will. But I think <laughs> Taiwan going to take I it think. nowadays.
1: I think I would lose about 15 minutes in the swim and be going backwards for the rest of the race. So awesome, guys. Uh, um, and Guy, what about people want to follow you? Kate gave us her, her website and stuff. What about yourself?
4: So uh, it's uh, guycrawford.us because .com.net was gone. So that's guycrawford.us. At um, Blue70Guy is my Twitter handle. Mm-hmm. And Guy Crawford is Facebook. Oh, so, nice. yeah, find
0: me. Oh, it's a great photo on the website, by the way. Sensational. (laughs) It is. The one you're pointing up. Mate, you're a legend. There's no denying it. Hey, I thought
3: this was meant to be about me.
0: Oh, sorry. (laughs) You're all right, Kate. You're
1: all right. I take the limelight (laughs) yet again. Hey, guys, Kate, fantastic um, effort with that race. It was brilliant to see. And uh, we look forward to seeing how you guys unravel um, for the rest of the year and and plenty more victories. Have you guys had a a race where you've uh, both taken victory?
4: Local local events we have, mm.
3: mm-hmm. yeah. and the Albany Half Ironman. Uh,
1: well, that was uh, that was a bit
4: political because Maddie White actually beat me, but got DQ. He did
1: for littering. Yeah. <laughs> for littering. Take the victory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
4: I can't take it. I, I, it's got to be. Yeah, I can't do it for littering.
0: <laughs> oh, that sucks.
1: <laughs> awesome, guys! Thanks so much for your time, and it was uh, brilliant to hear all about the race and uh, how to unravel because you know we don't have a lot of uh, we don't have any ultra man experience between us, and yeah. uh, the listeners love to hear about it. So thanks
0: so much for your time. Yeah, well done,
1: Kate.
4: Thank you. Yes, thank you,
0: John. But there's the ultimate chick really, isn't it? She smashed the boys. Smashed it. Smashed the boys.
1: And I was uh, what I was really interested to hear was that. <clears throat> There was actually you know, I, I when I can initially see the result I go, she kinda of probably should have won anyway. She's a pro, she's yeah. probably the fastest there, but it sounds like some of those other guys no, actually are pretty decent, were they? Had faster Ironman times yeah. here, which makes us even more respectable. Very yeah. solid effort. Would you ever want to do that race? It's not on my hit list at the moment.
0: Yeah, I'd like yes I'd like to do an ultra. The run's the, the thing, isn't it? Mm. Well, although she said there was the bike, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah. So so yeah. But no burning passion to do it anytime
1: soon you got to be pretty fit you've got to be in good condition and again it would be a you know, a couple of year project right now other fish to fry
0: <laughs> right now just got to get to this marathon exactly what's your prediction of
1: time right now Jack Daniels is telling me based off last weekend's run in which I've sh- done my research on yeah, yep. should do 2.41 but I've got 7 more weeks to actually get in shape and I'm not at ground zero, but I've only been back training a few weeks, so possibly could be sort of in the same nick of the woods as last time around. Kind of hard to tell. Ten k is very different to to a marathon. Yeah,
0: but hey, you you know you know you were talking it out a while ago. Yes. You know what were you hoping when you first started, you're hoping to go sub two thirty five, weren't you? About two thirty five. Yeah. Okay. Mm. So maybe not that. That'd be a big ask because the problem is you have to race early, you have to go hard early to mm. chase that, don't you? So mm. it's a different race. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jonbo, sponsor Ethlinks. <laughs> Tell Stop. me about it. So Ethlinks
1: uh, is great. So oh, I said, no it. I was running with Phil and uh, on Sunday and said, and "I said, oh yeah, I, I, I ran my 10k. And I was like, I think that's a pretty good time for me. Yep. And but the thing is, I thought, hey, when did I last run this race? And I didn't have a clue. It's called the Governor's Bay to Littleton. It's 10k kilometre running race But I don't know. The thing is, if you go to their website, sure, all the results are up there, but it's like you've got to go through every single year, scroll through, find your results, go to Athlinks, boom, one click, you're there. Yep. Who likes one click? What? I like one click. One click, you should be Amazon. Yeah. So it's fantastic. You just go on there, all your results in one place. I can go and just filter it by 10K distance uh, and and boom. So wait, is this stuff. this
0: year's result I've got in front of me? It is. So you did a 34.56? Yes. Your uh, pace, mile pace is 5.37. And that makes those four minute mile guys seem pretty impressive. Yeah, doesn't so that it? It was uh it's three twenty nine. It's pretty good. 10 you got third in your age group? Yes. Master's men. Yeah, you got uh sixteenth overall. Mm-hmm. Uh you got out of well, in sixteenth in the male category out of one fifteen, so you didn't get checked? No. Were you close to getting checked? No. No. That'd uh, be I
1: foolish be if, I mean, right, if the if the top girl c to girls there yeah, it would have been would have been reasonably close but I think I would have been safe so they have what, about 150 people run it do they mm-hmm. well, that's pretty cool mm-hmm. and John, so think- I guess my point is is easy to go and find oh you took out a third place. place
0: by one second
1: yeah and he was right, he, it's a handicap race so you. I, I was off, this is Ian, Ian Wood's point, initially when I got entered I was off the nine minute mark so your slowest person goes off zero yep. and your fastest guys go off about 30 minutes because the top guys run 31 and the slowest people sort of run maybe 105, 110 yep. and initially I put off nine minutes so I was like, oh. I do that. I'm probably going to win this race by about ten minutes.
0: Oh, you ex- okay? You're way
1: so, too far ahead. And, so then I, I got put off. Uh, I said I think you got it wrong, and I said I should be this group, and I got put off 28 minutes. So yeah, you're basically running along, and once you get sort of to about halfway or so, then you just start mowing past people. Yeah. And um, the guy that finished one second behind me that was in my category, he, Nathan he, Jones. Yeah, he actually started in my group, and uh, about a k into the run. We didn't have, we had timing chips, but they weren't the ones that go around your ankle. They're these little plastic cards and you actually tie them to your oh, shoelaces. Shoe okay. And before the race, Phil said, That's going to flap around in the wind because I tied them on. I had my elastic laces and it's not like your standard laces, yeah. it's just kind of tied on there. So, no, nah, no, nah, be fine. Should be right, mate. Okay, <laughs> the race starts flapping off. I <laughs> bloody stop and take it off. Oh, you did? Yeah. And oh. So I would have lost, don't know. 15 seconds or something taking it off caught back up to this guy Nathan passed him dropped him like a stone and, uh, and then put a, you, putting, a, putting in that big effort in the last part of the run you're passing heaps of people in the last sort of one kilometre it's just like a funnel of people and you're running around the outside getting past them didn't know there was anybody coming up behind me and I turned around once across the finish line and he's like oh he's right there I said bloody hell if I was you I would have sprinted past me but he didn't
0: oh wow well, there you so, go there you go but back to Athlinks well, this was Athlean's good because then I looked up Philanator. Yeah, Philanator two and a half minutes behind you. What's here? what's happening, Philanator? And then, but then you can go should and, he be better than that?
1: He'd been sick a week. He had oh, a, excuses. He's, he's had a lot of sickness lately. <laughs>
0: and Porno, Porno came in on exactly thirty nine zero zero. And you said last week,
1: what's how's Porno looking? I said yeah. I'm pretty sure he'd be under forty. I just kind of thought thirty eight. Thirty-nine, something yeah, like that. Yeah, so he was happy with his race. he's ready for your challenge. He hasn't He hasn't put the challenge out there. Well, he said you have,
0: so it's going to oh, no, happen. No, I haven't. I just said I hope he doesn't. You heard the show. I said mm. I hope he doesn't put the challenge out there. Could I pull off a thirty-nine right now? I've started running, but very light. Mm-hmm. There's been no intensity in my running recently, but I've been doing three runs a week, so I'm kind of building, a, building the a empire again, John. Yes, thirty-nine. I could probably pull off a thirty-nine. I think. I think it'd be a good challenge if Porno to challenge me right now. Okay, Porno, don't challenge me. I like him. My trophy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so the thing is, I can yeah go on here. Ten K basically gives me all my Ten K results, and it tells me the years that I did the Governor's Bay race. Tells me whether I've now whether I've done a, a PB or not on that course. And I thought initially, I thought so. I ended up running thirty four fifty six. Um, it's a hilly course, but it's a net downhill. So whilst it's really hilly and it's bloody tough, your time. Tends to be about the same as what you'd run for
0: a ten k on Bally's the flat. Still going, isn't he? Mm. Hey, Matt Bailey's a bit of a Launceston legend. He was a draft, did he win duathlon world champs? No, but he, he probably should have. He, he podiumed was, a few times, yeah, didn't he? Outstanding
1: biker, and he and he's still running thirty two for ten k. And he'd be what forty something now? Uh, no, he's he's only he probably would be forty. He'd be bang yeah. on forty. Yeah. I mean, he's a year older than me. So, uh, well, who was the guy who won it? Won it pretty convincingly. Yeah, you got third at New Zealand Cross Country Champs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, basically on Athlinks, and I go, well, When did I last run this race? And I've run it three th- three times, and you can just go through and actually, yeah. Was it so your best time? It was, I think it was on that course, I think. I think, I'm, well, maybe I've run one quicker than that. Anyway, uh, it basically just gives me more results in one That's place. That's
0: what you do, guys. You geek out on Athlinks. Mm. That's what you do. So, there you go, athlinks.com. Check, check, check it out. Get all your results here. Okay, team. One, two, three. Questions, Questions and answers. answers. Okay, we've got an e- email through from Rob. Uh, Dimitro. Dimitro. Just saying, Zoffigan, uh, hey guys, just responding to John's request for info on the Zoffigan course, I did the 40 to 44 age group race, managing to sneak a sub 8 hours in, well done. My Garmin made the first run at 5.61 miles, or 9.03, the bike was pretty much bang on, 150, and the final run came a little short, over twenty, a little over 28k, so yes, short runs explain the quick times for such a challenging course. It is really silly that Tough. And I definitely recommend those wanting to push themselves. How about you two for 16 and 17? And I said, no, because I've got a wedding to pay for. <laughs> 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 Everything's out the back door now, Jumbo.
1: So the reason that um, Rob sent us in is the f- guys that did that first run ran some... Like 32 or something. I like. think maybe it was 30. 30 yeah, was pretty close. So I was like, oh, I know that's tr- tricky course. Also, Peter Mills popped us a note as well saying the first... 10 K is short by not, but not by too much. Two loops, um, but first K is a steep uphill, and then, then you've got 3.9 Ks of downhill. Oh, so okay. again, from my race at the weekend, whilst you 've got some uphill, downhills, if you can really take advantage of that, you can run quite a bit quicker. And Peter Mills also said this is the name we get wrong all the time. e if e- we Mullin, I think we often say I- it's E Mar Mullin, it 's E Mur Mullen, yeah. is an Irish
0: sort of half full distance athlete well done because I wouldn't have had a clue Uh, Russell Cox got an interesting piece that we've been talking about a little bit today on the show but basically looking at the qualification numbers for Kona Mm. so go to (coughs) coachcox.co.uk basically the is looking at the number of slots for athletes has gradually increased so he's basically at the end of it he says uh, to summarise this long poster the number of slots for the athletes at Kona have gradually increased year on year but growth in competitors and races has outstripped this for most it's getting harder to qualify qualifying for the world championships even self-proclaimed shouldn't be easy if you're good enough to qualify at one Ironman chances are you're good enough to qualify at any Ironman you might just need the right day if all else fails work hard and rise up the ranks to executive, <laughs> and this will got me on my thing, right. to improve your odds. Whether a self-proclaimed world championship have should have an executive challenge is another question. So back
1: in two thousand and four and five, when we both did kind yeah. the first time, uh, seventeen hundred ninety-seven athletes in the results, and this year into ter- well, let's look at last year in terms of number of people in the results, uh, two thousand one hundred eighty-seven. So yeah, quite <coughs> quite a quite a big um, number in terms of the. Entrance And last year Which is really
0: interesting isn't it Because you know I remember back in 2004 They said oh they can never Increase the size of it mm. You know And that's what What's that another Nearly 400 Yeah But so, I don't don't think They they can't go much more Than what they've got now they Probably but could but probably, This year We're going to have another 50 on top of last year's Yes They probably could find Spot for another 15 females on the pier though <laughs> No. Nah. Isn't, uh, there's no, no room for that no John. No space, no space. for females.
1: <laughs> but what, one thing that comes out of this for me is, you know, he's got the 2013 to 2016 allocation by, by race, and it seems to me that 40 is the new 50. So yeah, it really is. So a it? lot of these races in the past had 40, uh, 50 slots, some had uh, a little bit more. You had the championship races having 100, but now... Uh, you know, Championship's gone to 75 now, 75, hasn't it? Yeah. and yeah. most races are... A,
0: a lot of races are 40. There's some that are 50, and the championship race is 75. We're not, we're not seeing any 30s now because it was like last year, Maryland, for example, was a uh, 30. 30 now it's gone kind of up to 50. Yeah, well, there's, there's some that are 25 now
1: as well. So some of your smaller races, you know, Taiwan has got 25. World Championship only gets 25. So it's the winner of each age yeah, group. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so it is. Is no Taiwan easy. the only 25? It does look that way. Yeah, it's bizarre, isn't it? Mm. But they've oh. just taken over from being a challenge I assume, isn't they?
0: and this article he then goes on to talk about how um, the slot allocation in each of the categories is kind of harder and it is interesting when I, I think when I qualified in my age group there were four slots at Ironman New Zealand whereas nowadays if we look at estimated male qualifying slots so uh, how many would there be in New Zealand now there's 70.3 New Zealand there's going to be two to in that age group so it's half what there was in my time mm. now I went back in one of my age groups so I could have qualified that way but the year I qualified I, I think I got fourth or six. I yeah. think I got six. I can't remember um, you know and even in the, the big categories like 40 to 44 in New Zealand you're now only getting four male slots mm. so you know back in the day that used to be up to close to 11 wasn't it would have, yes yeah, would it, was, mean, it was a lot
1: yeah it was a lot
0: <laughs> so this you know there's no
1: easy way to, easy place to qualify and sometimes if you try to be a smarty pants and think I'll go to that race, it's going to be easy to qualify, often doesn't turn out that way, just got to be on
0: form, go race your nuts out and hope for a little bit of luck. Nice, okay, uh, Pedro, the Curly Freight Train, sent through an email just saying about, you know, these crazy challenges after the amazing 50-50-50 challenge. It wasn't the Curly Freight Train, it was Pedro, someone else. Oh, I thought it was the Curly Freight Train. Don't think so. Are you sure? Almost positive. Oh, sorry, sorry then, Pedro, but I just thought there was the other Pedro. Because this is his nickname as well, isn't it? Petro, not Pedro. Petro. Petro. Yeah. But I've lost the show notes. You've saved them and you've ruined them for me. Ah.
1: Oh. Anyway, there's a guy. Go- so we we had uh, Iron Cowboy on the show. I actually listened to that when I was working yesterday. Your interview you did with it was him. It's pretty interesting, wasn't it? Could you not have told his kids to shut up in the background?
0: Well, could I? <laughs> what was I meant to do there? What hey, was I meant to do? Hey, Iron Cowboy, just quiet down for a minute. Put it on loudspeaker. He's got like eight kids. Kids, shut up. He's got like eight kids The kids yeah. were running And I could, you know, and I was like Well what am I meant to do You know You know He's got a family John Okay He's a family man Yeah. So this guy here This guy's doing a crazy challenge So Send us through That
1: 401challenge.co.uk
0: Now what he's doing Is he's running a marathon a day For 401 days mm. And I don't know John Where does it stop <laughs> But I don't even think that's the record because I was trying to do some research on this recently and I think the record for consecutive days of doing a marathon is like 600 and something.
1: Okay. Maybe he's not not going for record. I mean, he's trying to to raise money for, the aim is to raise 250,000 for two fantastic charities called uh, Stonewall and Kidscapes. Both these charities work tirelessly to combat bullying in our schools and society. So the guy that's doing this doesn't look like he's got amazing pedigree as a runner or anything like that in terms of you know being any sort of uh champion athlete just going out there and and doing it um and he's basically just traveling his way around the uk doing trying to do 401 marathons the thing is with something like this how do they fund it
0: mm. yeah you know, like iron cowboy got a lot of sponsors behind him like he seemed like he was pretty clever with the marketing of it and actually getting mm. the sponsors behind him. oh this guy's got a few sponsors but Cause if, like basically you can't work for a year. Yeah, his name's Ben. He's
1: 33 years old and currently just living outside Bristol. I used to live in Bristol. I'm a pretty normal guy, but I think that's what makes me slightly different is my past. <laughs> At the age of 10, I went away to school. My father was in the forces and he went to Germany, blah, blah, blah. Uh, following eight years, he became more and more reclusive and unsure of himself. Anyway, he's, over the next 12 years, I uh, led what could only be described as routine, normal existence focusing on accomplishing other things others wanted me to do never really having the strength or motivation to make my own decisions
0: okay so what do you reckon what's harder 50 50 50 401 (sighs) it's not apples to the apples um
1: i'd be tempted to say the 401 oh really i was thinking 50 50 50. the thing was it's shorter yeah you got a lot of recovery time with this but
0: Four hundred days as opposed to fifty. I don't know. I think the better challenge is to go. <clears throat> you've got to run, I don't know, hundred sub three marathons. If you start putting speed on it, it yeah, that's a that's I, a real challenge. Oh, don't yeah. get me wrong, 401 is a real challenge as well. But if you chuck on a speed on it, if you say you've got it like to do a hundred sub three hours, because mm. the thing is, you can walk these. Yeah, and you got all day to walk them. Yeah, And you know, and so some of these guys like um, they take nine hours. Yeah, and so you kind of go, well, far out. Still, I could probably go walk nine hours a day every day for. Yeah. You know, and, and don't get me wrong, it's still an amazing achievement, and it's still mm. awesome what he's doing. But then to say you got to do sub three hour every mm. day, mm. even a sub three thirty every day for a hundred, sub four. Yeah. Like that that would be the problem is the public wouldn't understand that. Mm. It's not as it's a harder story to sell, but mm. for us you know, us athletes, if you if someone would turn around and said, Look, I I'm gonna do even fifty sub three hour marathons, mm. that'd be pretty hard to do, wouldn't it? Hell
1: yeah.
2: yeah. 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 So
1: Um and the thing is, yeah, you've got that so much more recovery time. You know, the thing that's gonna stop him is Your your feet feet getting munted versus Iron Cowboy, it was more the lack of recovery. Yeah. Well, that was interesting with
0: his interview, wasn't it? It was that the run was actually the highlight of the day. Mm. You know, like the ride was actually the thing. And going into it, you think, well, we were talking about it, saying, well, that run's going to do your head in and it's going to be the Mm. problem. And it was actually not the case. So Mm. there we go, John. I don't know if he's going to do this 401. That's.
1: He's about 15 days in isn't he He's about 15 16. days in yeah, so. I saw he had sore legs After like 5 days It's one of those things You adapt to it after a while He'll do it If your feet
0: can handle I think that's the key thing If your feet and your knees and stuff Don't pack in Yeah So one guy Ricardo Abad He did um, 500 marathons In 500 days Right So there you go and uh, there you go. Okay, so Jumbo, Patrons. I've got patrons. a couple of patrons.
1: You've got to, oh, Yeah, I didn't see that. Uh, that's right, because I've got to give you the clues to help you uh, along with okay. this. So um, we'll, I'll do the first couple and then we'll, we'll work on the other two together. So Marissa, Dirty Little Rascal Rastetta. <laughs> Who named that one? Dirty Me. Rascal? I know, she, she came on um, Kona Camp. She is a dirty <laughs> little rascal. <laughs> she, <laughs> she, a bit wrong. she sent you an email. She went and did. Oh, uh, yeah,
0: she was. Comrades? Yeah, yeah.
1: So she asked She seems to, like a real lovely lady. Yeah, she is. Fantastic. Dear
0: yeah. little rascal. Yep.
1: Good mates with the Philinator. Came on the camp, her and uh, Troy. They had a good little uh, posse just going out there and having a bit of fun. And then it, uh, James, I apologise. me to get, do the apple? Yeah. James
0: <laughs> thundered out under. I am talk episode. Oh. oh. <laughs> I am talk. Sometimes it goes right to the start. Wait a second. I can make it work. Wait you can Copy. Okay, new. Okay, this time. V. Ready? Oh, Shigel. Shigel. James Thunderdown under Shigel. Shigel. Nice. Now, next two. Okay, I've, I think I've got one. Name the first person's well, name. Christina Ampt. Oh, I'm not sure. I'm not Emmett? Sure Am- Ampt.
1: Ampt. Ampt? Ampt. She is the blind athlete that was in Kona last year and was uh, partnering up with Anne. Th- Anne Thiles oh, was helping her. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So she came and did a couple of our training sessions. And, and she was at um the, the challenge? Yes. Yeah. And she was... uh. She's the first blind athlete ever finished, kind of. She's yeah, I'm pretty, pretty impressive. Pretty I remember
0: impressive. seeing her at the end of the day, mm. they were coming into the finish. Remember, mm. they were coming in for the run. I think I was probably oh, lying no, up in were, bed, yeah, yeah. Um, I saw so. them coming in literally. You so saw you're going, what's the way you parallel to Alihi Drive when you're coming along that oh, road like, at the Hula top? Hula High or yeah. no, Kuwakini, they were coming down yeah. there, and I was like, Oh, I'll go, you good things, yeah.
1: So she was a blind athlete did cone last year, so I was wondering whether that give you any clues or you can just go
0: random. Oh, well, I, I read her last name completely wrong Yeah, because I, I, I can't read. And uh, I read it as Emmett, and then I thought Josh Emmett, the cook. Okay. And then I thought, steaming up the room. There you go, that'll do. <laughs> you like that? Steam it so up So Christina, steaming up the room. Emmett,
2: maybe?
1: Emmett? Uh, uh, and email us and tell us the correct pronunciation. Amt, uh, A-M-E-N-T, Emmett. Steam it up the room, she is. Uh, Steam uh, up. Yeah. And then Pavel Pavel Chalicis yeah. That's a great name He's a Polish guy Living in Auckland Does first Ironman In Taupo Yeah I got it I got Done you. a few 70.3s and stuff
0: The Wild Wrestler The Wild Wrestler Yeah
1: You know that one? Okay, one? Okay
0: The Wild Because when you think of that name I instantly thought of like a Russian wrestler Okay And they love wrestling don't they? The that part of the world I'll go with it. Yeah. No, no, not, not WWE, like the Olympic stuff. Yep. Those guys are mean in that part of the world, aren't they? Yep. So I've, I've, he's, and then I just, he's a bit of a wild character. Wild wrestler. There we go. So, Tim, if you want to be a patron of the show, which you, you do, you just haven't got round to it. It's coffee, coffee a month. Coffee a month. Are we worth more than a coffee in your life? Let's hope so. Let's hope so. All you need to do is go to our website, www.iamtalk.me, go to the patrons page. Click on A thousand dollars a month <laughs> Yeah <laughs> That's all you need to do Yeah And then work harder Okay Exactly You exactly. need to work a little bit harder Become a patron Yeah There's, there's options of levels There's rewards For the different options Also you're going to draw To win our Kona trip Next year Come and see Hang up with the boys in Kona Life changing experience So there you go Jumbo Sponsors Um Social networking For endurance athletes Extreme endurance it's A big difference Because Newsom proved it And, and Team of sponsors. Team, no, team of uh, patrons. Team of patrons. You guys, are, you know who you are. You're listening right now and you know who you are. Yeah. And you should feel good about yourself. You should feel I am making a difference to my world. There you go, yes. For those who aren't making a difference, <laughs> up, up. enough. Yes. Okay, John, boy, watch your goss.
1: Uh, my gosh, is I'm bachelor th- for the moment. Bachelor, <laughs> bachelor pad at the moment. You got the hall pass, have you? Yeah, hall pass <laughs> is all good. So Belinda took the kids off down to Queenstown with the in-laws. Yes, how long so for? I'm uh, took Thursday. They left on Saturday afternoon. Oh wow! Did our running race on Saturday. Shipped them off to the airport. Gave the girls a little bum slap as I came through. They were they were started off the they started off ten minute mark, and I caught them just after. Your Bay. But that well, means you had an unfair handicap. They had a poor handicap, so which is kind of my fault. <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> uh, so, are you going to the race? Are you yeah, going? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Are you going to do yeah. the run? No. You should do the the. the you know, 10K no. 12K. can do ten k or twelve k. I'm gonna look after the kids. I'll get them. Just tell them to look after themselves. Okay. So uh, great see. parenting.
1: We yeah. look forward to when you have your you know, your big family here with uh, with Joe. You know, get married. No,
2: no, no, no. Rolling, no. Out, rolling, rolling out, out five or six kids. <laughs>
1: We get too old for that stuff yeah. And so Gave the girls bum slap As they came through That was a call A porno I think porno chickened out a little bit Well he didn't give the bum slap I don't think so was, Phil, the, was that the call You had to give bum yeah. slaps Phil, Phil did It's yeah. a bit
0: different When you and Phil do yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pornos. A yeah. guy called porno Runs up behind girls Does he know them that well
2: uh, No not really Yeah I understand
1: why he didn't yeah. <laughs> We were encouraging everybody To <laughs> Only a few, only a few. Uh, So yeah I'm bachelor at the moment It's quite different
0: It's it's a new life isn't it
1: Very different I mean I I obviously travel a little bit For for camps and stuff I mean you're away from the family So that's one thing But then you're always working Or training or whatever But when you're at home It's like "Hmm."
0: You get a bit lost don't you That's the thing You actually get a bit lost
1: Well the whole reason I'm doing this And I'm not away skiing with them Is so I can get ahead Because then when we go away Up to Coach Then I can hopefully have A little bit of a break then so it's but, it's good. You just <laughs> it's good. You sit, sit there. It is good. You just sit there and you just crank and work out. I was multitasking on. Was it um, maybe Saturday after, Saturday afternoon? Had the old uh, normal tech compression boots on. Yeah. Trying to do my recovery Wait from the second, race. What are those? Is those big boots you put on and they just. Oh, have blow you got those up. Have you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What and, do you find they like? Oh, they're really good. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And had them on. Had my laptop on, sitting there doing a bit of work had a bit of the Vuelta, the Tour of Spain, on the background. Yeah. Had all three things going at once. <laughs> sure, I'm
2: sure
0: it was really productive work. It was, it was good. The
1: Vuelta was fantastic. It was three second gap until the second to last stage. It was bloody good racing. Yeah. And so you just get lots done. Wouldn't say the house is the tidiest
0: at the moment. I always have that problem, John. Mm. Joe doesn't go away often. Joe's actually heading up to Wellington because we're trying to take our running business to Wellington next year. So Joe's going, to, going up to do a ricci, mm-hmm. uh, which is very exciting for us. But... Uh, She's away for two days And it's amazing Two days know about, It's amazing How much a mess this house Can become oh in two yeah. days Yeah a- And this house is always Pretty immaculate Have yes. you ever been to this house And it hasn't been clean? No No And is and much the same And I can say I don't have much to do with that mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, And uh, But you know does,
1: what Does she make the bed Really well every day Is that a big job and There's nothing That's not in place in this yeah. house Our bed hasn't been made For three days
0: <laughs> Living on the edge Yeah but the thing is, when Joe comes back, because I know that she loves the house being clean, so I always work so hard to get it tidy. And you still let it down. It's, John, it's almost like, the way I describe it is, there's a colour that I don't see. I'm hearing you. Because she came home last Saturday afternoon, and we, last week we had a crazy busy week, because it was a sales week for a business, so it was kind of just, we were under the pump. And um, and we were trying to do just lots, 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 lots. And Joe comes home, and she goes, oh my God, the house is such a mess. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking, where's the mess? Yeah <laughs> Girls do not understand <sighs> So that
1: colour I can't see it's, it's, I can't see it So you can't blame me I've pretty much given up Cleaning the kitchen Because I'm the same I was like That's clean yep. I've wiped down the surfaces <laughs> <laughs> She just comes and does it all again It's like Why do I bother What's It's a Constant, point? constant of, of, of uh, difficulty. Joe's rate. pretty
0: tolerant because Joe knows. Because luckily, I, she, she has this perception I work really hard on the business. Uh, I, deb- <laughs> I, deb- <laughs> I debate it. <laughs> but she has this perception I work really hard. Uh, but doesn't have that perception of me. <laughs> so, like, like this is really hard work right now, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, so I think she feels that her doing the extra work in the house it gets evened out by the extra hard work that I do. Dependable yeah. with this yeah. <laughs> but there is a, I have to do a, I have to do enough mm. And if I don't do enough Which is basically I have to do the vacuuming Once a week Which I probably haven't done In the last three weeks Yeah, uh, I have to just look Like I'm trying If the dishwasher is empty You cleaned, need one Yeah put the, put the rubbish In the bin occasionally Lawns are mowed Lawns are Yeah They, they <laughs> she do them like lawns No I do But sometimes you'll notice When you come to our house The lawns are a little bit high Right you know? And admittedly our lawns Are more just weeds That look green So yeah. um, But if I, she'll, she'll pull me up mm. Last week she did pull me up She said nah, What's happening Bevan says it's the start of the show today It's going to be a short show <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even given you my gossip
1: Okay What's your gossip oh, Make it choppy I'm going running shortly When are you, you going to go run well, See this is I've got the freedom Going out and I'm going to run the godly Head track. Oh, nice! I'm looking forward to that. How long does that take you? Uh, I haven't done it for so long. It'll be, I think,
0: it's about an hour forty-ish, oh. hour thirty, depending which way you go. Uh, good times. I've, I've had a very cultural week, John. I told you right. I was going to have a cultural week, didn't I? Yes, you did. I went to three art things. Oh my goodness! I went to mammal, Did you hear of that one? I'm going on Friday night. Oh, back it up! Don't tell me anything about it then. Oh, what happens? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was good. We really enjoyed it. That was good. good. Um, and then I went to Scribe. Remember Scribe? Yeah, I know Scribe. How hey many do you know? Rule like this? Yeah, yeah. It was actually very, very good. I went with Porno, Porno, and I went to it. It was basically the story of his family's life, and his family had a he had a pretty hard life, to be honest. Mm. And uh, his father, who was basically a pretty big, dropkick, druggy, and all the rest of it, quite abusive, um, was in the play. So it was kind, it was really interesting because his father and his brother, it was the three of them, and his father. It's kind of well, it's it's not critical, but it's very honest about the guy's weaknesses. Mm. Um, so it was very good, and then on Sunday night, I went to a, a musical where a guy who was a performer from Australia, he did Annie Lennox songs and told the story of Annie Lennox as though he was Annie Lennox, but not in drag or anything, just mm-hmm. kind of comically, and it was very, very good. So very, very cultural, John. Right. And then the big arts event in Christchurch tonight, um, you may have heard of this, yeah big event, everyone in Christchurch is talking about it, mm. I see tomorrow he's performing at the uh, Wonder Bar, Oh right, yeah, yeah. the Wonder Bar Hey John, no kids, you should come along I'm sure you'll be there have just here. got something on tonight <laughs> <laughs> At the Wonder Bar we're doing open mic The thriving
1: metropolis of Littleton
0: Have you been to the Wonder Bar?
1: Uh, years ago, yeah, no, I probably don't really remember it's much kind of it. one of those places
0: you don't remember too much no, Open mic there Because so, you can do. Um, they let you do an hour of your own set But mm. we're just building a bit of rapport first so. Right yeah. So we're doing a new song tonight Okay yeah, again, everyone across, you just, just can't stop talking about it. Okay, put it that's, on Facebook. You're going to put it
1: on Facebook. Get all your no, no, on? no. I'm not confident oh, enough yet okay. to. I actually
0: uh, don't want you there tonight, right? <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> I'm um. It's yeah. My, my confidence as a live performing musician, it's still at kind of level one. Um, I'm working on it. and That's why I'm getting out there doing it. Change of undies required. Then, And I'm I'm, I'm I. It's because I'm very lucky in my life that everything I do, I'm, I'm kind of very competent. Well, you know, I've been successful in these areas and then to go to an area where you're not you know where you're very kind of vulnerable Mm -hmm. and you're in front of people it's so scary but i I just think it's so healthy for me so good um, doing that anyway jumbo let's wrap it up i'm russ i'm edo train hard train
2: smart